Tonight's election coverage on WCBD is sponsored by Fazio Insurance. Fazio Insurance, an independent insurance agency serving residents and businesses in Will and DuPage counties. Since 1953, the Fazio Insurance name has been trusted by the community to offer unparalleled service and competitive quotes to clients throughout the state of Illinois. For more information, contact Paul Fazio at 815-727-2611 or check them out on their website, fazioinsurance.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the wall-to-wall coverage of WCPT for the mayoral election. I'm Santita Jackson coming to you from the nation's largest progressive talk radio station. It is a joy to be with you today and to be with my first engineer, my board operative, Vidalia Tejera. How are you? I'm doing great. It's wonderful, and she is doing so much, and we have got a lot to talk about today. We have had tremendous turnout, tremendous turnout with the vote. More than 200,000 people turned out to vote early. Now they're saying that some of the voting has been a little sluggish, a little sluggish for the for in-person voting, but we'll have to see. The polls just closed, and we want to know. We want to know how did you vote. We want to know how you feel about this election. I mean, what do you think about nine candidates, everybody, nine candidates running in this election? Do you think that we should have had some consensus candidates, or just what do you think is going to happen here? Will Paul Vallis... Will he take it all tonight? Will Brandon Johnson, will Congressman Garcia, uh, will Sophia King, will Mayor Lightfoot win re-election? What do you think is going to happen, everybody? What do you think is going to happen? And um, just what will be the consequences of all of this? Indeed, what, uh, as our first guest is going to tell us, he, the question that he asked Medallia was, will Chicago win? I guess that is the actual uh, question today, as corporate media have told us that what we really need to be paying attention to is crime. The fact is, if you go into the broader community, the broader Chicago, Chicago community, people are asking, they're looking at the intersectional issues, the intersectionality of all these issues that have been driving uh, crime in Chicago. When you take out 50 plus schools, you diminish educational opportunities for people. That is a feeder for crime. If you don't pay people enough to live, that drives crime. When you destroy communities, the Robert Taylor Homes, whatever you think about projects, the fact is they are homes, they are communities. That's 100,000 of our citizens who were pushed out of Chicago and on and on and on. So I want you to call us at... 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT. I want to know what your thoughts are with respect to this election, with respect to this election. Uh, more than 240,000 people voted before today. Now they're saying that some of the in-person voting was sluggish, but we still don't know. And we're going to find out as the night goes on. Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to place? Who's going to show? Call me, the Santita Jackson, of course. And I hope you'll join me tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Yes, I will be here. I do morning drive here. And we're also on AM 950 radio, the voice of Progressive Minnesota. I want you to call me at 773-763-9278, 773-763-9278. And I want to bring on some someone 
who is, well, two people who really work for the people. We love the fact that uh, you have public servants who really live to serve the public. We've got Representative LaShawn Ford, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, and Representative Ann Williams. How are you both tonight? I'm great, Santita. It's so good to be on with you tonight. What? I can't believe it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I mean, I'm excited to be with you both. You've got to talk to me. Um, Let me start with you, LaShawn. You know, I saw your video presentation, which I thought was so profound. Will Chicago win? What were you trying to say? What were you what question were you asking? I mean, my question that I was asking Santita is, you know, we could talk about race, we could talk about politics, but the most important, um, you know, outcome that we need is for Chicago to be one city, a city that represents everyone, regardless to what your zip code is. And, you know, if it's a black mayor or a white mayor or Hispanic mayor, we need to make sure that Chicago wins. Amen to that. I mean, talk to me. Uh, Representative Williams, what say you? You know, I think LaShawn hit the nail on the head here. We really need a candidate to come out of this race who's going to unify the city. We've had some tough times lately, a lot of people struggling, a lot of communities fighting for to be heard. And, and I feel that unification is the most important thing that should come out of this race. And there's a lot of strong candidates in the race who will pull it out. I don't know anybody's guess. Hopefully we know soon. But I agree with LaShawn. You know, we represent two very different communities, but we all have the same goals, and we want Chicago to succeed, and we want Chicagoans to succeed. Well, how do we succeed, Representative Williams? I mean, what do you, what does the, what does this, what should this mayoral term? Because we don't know what's going to happen. Mayor Lightfoot could win, could win one re-election. She could even get into the runoff. We don't know what's going to happen. What does Chicago now need in a mayor, in your estimation? You know, we've, like I said, we've come off a really tough time. Everyone has been struggling. Schools, you mentioned in your introduction, um, our neighborhoods, our small businesses. We need a mayor that's going to put the focus back on the neighborhoods. Look at every community as a community of value. Make sure that those communities have the resources that they have, just not to just survive, but really to thrive. And I think that requires someone that's going to be willing to do the work, put in the time, be on the ground in the neighborhood, really hear what matters to people. And that's sometimes, you know, a tough job, but that's something that we need right now. We want someone to listen and and take action based on what they're hearing from residents of Chicago. I'm hopeful. Nervous, but hopeful. (laughs) Why why would you be nervous? You know, a lot of great candidates, but the city's in a tough time right now. Mm. You know, we're in a a time where, as LaShawn referenced, it feels at times very divided. And as we approach a runoff, most likely two candidates, I'm just hopeful that we can work together toward the same goal. And that's my greatest hope to come out of tonight. And we'll see what happens. Well, you know, I think that I think that you do speak to a point that many people have been now have been addressing. I mean, the fact is, you've had dog whistle politics. Whenever you hear law and order, uh, that generally means that the black community is going to get blamed in the brown community and attacked. Um, and and we've seen 
you, quite frankly, we've seen uh, law and order hunt them down like rabbits from Willie Wilson. And we've also, and to be fair, Willie Wilson had a son who was murdered in 1995. Uh, and he has been, uh, I'm sure he's been struggling with that. That's the most horrible thing that anyone, that any parent could experience, the death of a child. And particularly since it's gone unsolved. But Representative Ford, you have really Paul Vallis, who's been able to emerge as the front runner in all of the polls, uh, using law and order, being critical of critical race theory, and on and on and on. So talk to me. I mean, how do we, after, you know, after the dust settles, after these elections, then you've got to govern. So where do we go from here? The most important thing, it doesn't matter who you elect, there's people power. And that's what people have to realize. After you elect a person, now it's time to hold them accountable. And tonight, you've done a great job putting together the north side, the south side, and the west side, because you got Sorrell Nichols here that also, from the 32nd um, district, that wants to talk about the same thing. There he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, you know, but we're all... You know, Reverend Jackson says, we came over here in different ships, but we're in the same boat now. I mean, we're all Chicagoans. We all want education. We all want safe neighborhoods. We all want to be paid a livable wage. I mean, because we're losing people. We're losing folks who can live in town because it costs too much. You know that. It's just it's so. So just moving forward, what do you think? Give me a, give me an overview of what you think is going to happen tomorrow. What do you think is going to happen tonight? What, what, when we wake up tomorrow, do you think we'll have a new mayor? Will we have a runoff? If there's a runoff, who do you think is going to be in it? Uh, LaShawn Ford. Well, well, Satita, I'm going to tell you, I think that the people are going to speak. We don't know how it's going to turn out, but <laughs> the fact is elections have consequences, and people need to recognize whether they voted or didn't vote. Their vote or no vote will make a difference in the city. And that's something that we have to live with. Mm. Well, amen to that. I mean, so, Representative Williams, even if people need to realize that even when they don't vote, guess what? That's a vote. It is a vote. And as we look at all of these elections all over the country, the country is really split down the middle. I mean, there's a cleave. And I don't know if it's cultural. I don't... No, I don't I don't know if it's political, because, you know, the fact is we all are looking at things that are just not working for us. You know, people, people are struggling with finances, with everything, Representative Williams. Where do we go from here? Absolutely. I agree. And I couldn't underscore what you said enough. This is really about, I hope, finding a candidate that is going to bring the city together. And that might sound like a, you know, high and mighty goal and. We're hoping that a lot of you know, maybe we'll get there, maybe we won't. But I think we all have to keep in mind that's what we need to do. It's so divided, not just in Chicago, but in cities across the country. You know, we just feel that divisiveness in politics. As far as what's going to happen tonight, that's the billion-dollar question. LaShawn and I are here down in the Capitol, and everybody's talking about it. Almost every conversation starts with, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know the answer. I think there's a lot of possible combinations. But I am hopeful that person is committed or those people are committed to unifying the city. At the end of the day, that's who's going to get my vote in the general election. Well, you know what? I, I have to invite both of you onto my show. It's early in the morning, so don't hate me. Don't hate me. Please don't hate me. But I want to have you on because I really 
what I love about the conversation that I've had with you both tonight is that it's a healing conversation. I walk away from this conversation with you, Representative Ann Williams, and you, Representative LaShawn Ford, feeling hopeful. You know, really, you know, bringing all sides of town together. And I think that's really important. We really, 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 really need that at the end of the day uh, because we're all Chicagoans and we want... We want our city to be healed. We want it to be together, and we want it to be safe. And we want people to make livable wages. We want people to have housing. There should be a floor beneath which no human being should fall. And I think Chicago, the city of big shoulders, can offer that. And so, you know, God bless us, and God bless you both. Well, thank you. And like I said, Santita, you did a great job putting together the north side, south side, and west side. And Sorrell Nichols from the 32nd um, District is also here to weigh in if you have time. Oh, oh come on. Bring him in. Hey, how you doing? I mean, I, how I was are you? sitting there, I just thought I was a third wheel or something. You're not the third wheel. We love you. Come on now. I know. I know you do. I know because, you know, I'm everybody's rep. Hey, listen. <laughs> Let's 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 talk about something you touched on real quick though, right? Like like this election. Mm-hmm. You know, you you touched on something, but you didn't dig deep into it. I got I got to leave Everything. that for you. I can't do it all. So I know you. Yes, you can. City of Chicago has seventy seven communities, right? And it's probably one of the most segregated cities in the United States of America. And it seems that you know anything and everything that happens happens to black people. Mm-hmm. Like you got the pandemic, we suffer from the pandemic. We talk about contracts, we don't get contracts. So, like, we can go down the line, but when you start talking about, we're looking at professional sports, then we're looking at Michael Jordan, Walter Payton. It's like we're valued in in ways that does not really bring a lot of value to our community. And when we talk about who's going to be the next mayor. The next mayor has to look at all 77 communities, and you have to have equity and inclusion. In our pillars, the Black Caucus pillars, we got equity and inclusion. And I'll leave you with this. Black folk, we ain't never said we was better than nobody. We not talking about we trying to jump nobody. But we got other communities because we're inclusive. We allow everybody to come in, but yet still we're fighting for the peanuts that's left over. Everybody wants the same thing. Good schools, good parks, good good neighborhoods where you got jobs and employment. But when you look at Inglewood and Austin, there is no equity balance. And that's what the next mayor needs to start to talk about is the equity balance of 77 communities. Love you. Thank you. I love you. And you know what? I invite you to be on my show because, indeed, we've been talking about that. The fact that we don't have access to... Thank you so much, Bedalia. You know it's live radio. The fact that we do not have access to contracts, city contracts. Indeed, Boeing makes the bulk of its money from federal contracts. These com- these companies have been built and in many cases are being propped up by your tax dollars. So we've got to we've got to look at that. We've got to look at rebuilding our school system so that it works for everybody. Excuse me, we just, there's a lot of work to be done. And, you know, there's no greater leader in this particular fight than you, Representative LaShawn Ford. Your closing thought. Well, I got to tell you, I want to thank the Jackson family for the sacrifices. I want to close with your father being um, a hero for this nation. And I just pray that while he's still vibrant, 
that America recognized his contributions to our country. This is the last day of Black History Month, and he's our American hero. And thank you for your sacrifices, having a father that really, really um, gave so much to this yep. country. Yep. You know, bless your heart, and I thank you for that. But, you know, I tell you what, as, I, as I've been with my parents today, one of the things that I've learned from him is that it's, it's not a him, it's a them. And I have to thank my mother, who is a great organizer, uh, for, for being the support. And, you know, because it takes two. It takes, it takes men and women. It takes all of us to come together and make a decision to make a better world. And I just I thank God for them both. And I That's thank right. you. For, I, I guarantee you there's no Reverend Jackson without Miss Jackson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, first of all, we know, so I know it. We know you know that. <laughs> but, you know, but I want to thank you for that. And, um, and you know what? And now we have war upon and we stand on his shoulders and we've got to build. We've got to continue to do that. And I want to thank you both for your work. I know LaShawn, I've known him a long time, and one of the things that I've always respected about him, appreciated, and that I've loved is that you have such a young man who has such a heart for service, and it's just such a blessing. You're such a gift, and I hope that our community will really appreciate all that he has sacrificed, all that you both have sacrificed to really make our lives better, and I just I thank God for you, and I'm going to get your numbers from Bedalia, because if I can get you all on my show in the morning well, I'll first thing. You. I got your number. Yeah, I know you got my number. You got my email, too. That's, yes. why I was, that's why I was loving what you put out there about will Chicago win? Who's going to I mean, Chicago needs to win, and I hear you. And that's my yep. theme tonight. How can Chicago win? How can we yep. win? Sending you both much love, but I'm going to get numbers because I'm going to call you because you all need to come on the show. It'll be early, and just don't hate me. Don't hate me. All right. All right. Have a good night. <laughs> love you Bye-bye. both. We have got Dr. Robert Starks, preeminent political scientist. And the beautiful thing, Bedalia, is that Dr. Starks has also been an activist. I grew up with him as a staff member at Rainbow Push, but what I... You know, black folks call everybody doctor, <laughs> but he actually is a Ph.D. <laughs> and so and so I was, well, you know, I was like, oh, OK. So he really is a professor. And I want to thank you for joining us tonight. We more than 240,000 people as of this morning had already voted. They're saying that some of the. In-person voting has been, a, has been a little sluggish, but people really took advantage of voting. But, you know, in the post-COVID-19 world, everything has changed. A lot of things we do from home. What do you make of this race? Um, what, do you, what do you make of what we've seen? And what do you, I mean, can well, you even call tonight? <laughs> it is going, if this has been a, a history-making uh, election, and I think... It's going to uh, take a long time for us to really get a handle on what has happened, <clears throat> because there will be a runoff, and there's a possibility that it will, will take at least uh, two weeks or so before we know the final uh, tally on who who is uh, actually going to be in the runoff, because there, there are a lot of votes, as you just stated, that have not been counted, mail-in ballots, uh, et cetera, early voting. And there's, uh, you know, Mayor Lightfoot is saying that if she comes in, uh, if anybody comes in with less than that 5%, then she would call for a, uh, a 
a recount. So we that's a possibility. So we're talking about uh, all kinds of things. And, of course, lastly, we may have runoffs in the automatic elections. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Do you think that what is ranked choice voting? And do you think that would be a wiser route for us to take? Because we're always having these runoffs. I mean, what do you think? I, it's similar to a runoff, uh, but I really don't know because I don't know how the public will warm up to uh, that kind of voting. Uh, just as, uh, you know, we switched after uh, Richard Daley was elected in in 1980, uh, we switched from a, a partisan election to a nonpartisan election. It took a little while to get accustomed to that. So I don't, I don't know. I think we'd have to really look at that seriously before we institute it. What do you think? You know, I don't know. I did, you, because I have, I've not seen it enough. You know, I've seen it in San Francisco. I've seen it in my old home of New York and Alaska. Yeah, you know, but I mean, but, you know, just having, you know, been, you know, a New Yorker for so long, I, you know, I kind of understand how the city works. And I see like, hmm, if I were there, if I had to get into the booth and say, this is my first choice, my second choice, yeah, I really don't want to vote that way. But I can understand how some people say, you know, that that does work. Because functionally, we end up in a runoff anyway. I mean, it's, that's what it, uh, I don't know. I I just, I really, honestly, I do not know. Because I I need to know more about it. If we go that route. I would suggest very strongly that we have a great deal of uh, public education as to what it is and how it works, because I wouldn't want people uh, going into it without fully understanding how it works and Mm. what its potential outcomes could be. Well, so where do we go from here, Dr. Starks? I mean, what if, okay, if the mayor calls for... um, she says, if, "If you have this, yeah, a recount, what will, mm-hmm. what will that be like?" That would be uh, another big fight, and people calling each other names, and people, uh, you know, it, it, it would be catastrophic. But again, it's legal. There's a re- there's no reason why she shouldn't, if indeed it it, it is it merits that, uh, and so she. Uh, she, she she's uh, already said it, and I think she will do it. Uh, however, she has a good chance of being in the runoff tonight. So why, I don't think why do you think that she has a good chance? Why? Well, because she has the most name recognition, and she has been out in the public all over the city. She was on radio all day today, uh, and you know, she, so and she, again, she's she's the mayor. Uh, of the city and has the greatest name recognition. So I think she has a possibility of being in the runoff. Well, you know, I mean, look, the power of the, the incumbency has power. Exactly, exactly. I would be quite surprised if she ends up winning straight out. Uh, so I, I, if she, if she, if she, she's, if she gets into the runoff, I think uh, it would be, uh, uh, it, it wouldn't be a surprise to most people. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, I mean, 
we will see. I mean, I think it's very exciting. I'm heartened by the fact that there was so there was so much early voting. Uh, little confused by the fact that they said that in-person voting was sluggish. Uh, right. But so I'm like, you know, who voted? Well, the other thing that that, that 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 I am upset about is the lack of young people voting. I thought the young people's votes would be increased by the fact that you had Jamal Green, who uh, pitched his his um, uh, speeches and his uh, commercials to primarily young people. I thought he could rally young people to come to the polls, but apparently the young vote was not as as um, high as was expected. You know, I think that what we have to understand, Dr. Stark, is that when you see people like Reverend Jackson and Dr. King, who are really like once-in-a-lifetime people, mm-hmm. um, they are what people, what so many people miss is how hard these people work. Um, Absolutely. Th- I mean, this is something you're obsessed with, and you do it all day, every day. So you don't organize in a season. You organize for a reason, and you, which means you're organizing all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Every single three sixty twenty four seven three sixty five, and as was discriminated as was demonstrated today when Operation Push was open and helping people get to the polls and and doing all the, those things and directed by uh, Reverend Jackson over fifty years. This is what we do. Well, uh, before we go, I'm, I know I've got a hard break. Thirty seconds, they belong to you. <laughs> well, let's let's uh, hope that everything comes out okay. Uh, I don't think we we will settle and find out who actually won uh, in in any short period of time. I think it will take us at least two to three weeks to uh, actually find out who has won this race. But Dalia, can you believe he said that? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a presidential contest. I mean, what? Oh, my word. You know what? Well, he'll be on with me in the morning. Uh, from uh, Well, I'm on from 6 to 8, and you know what? I'll be back here in another hour. But who did you vote for? You know what? I wish I could go Roosevelt, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Because he's going to talk about who he voted for. But you know what? I, I'm glad that you voted. So many people did vote. But we will be hearing more from this brilliant political scientist as he holds class tomorrow morning because Bedalia, what he does is ask questions. He doesn't answer them. He, ans- he asks questions and the answers are in his questions. And you feel like, I'm not smart enough for this. Let me just shut up and learn. So we love you, Dr. Robert Starks. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, of course, everybody. You know, we've got Patty Vasquez and we have got Joan Esposito and people out in the field. You don't want to miss this. The wall-to-wall coverage on the nation's largest progressive talk radio station. WCPT, call us at 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT. We want to hear from you. Matt's knocking at the door. Come on in here, Matt. We're about to go to this break right now. <laughs> Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT Willow Springs is powered by ComEd. See how ComEd is preparing for a clean energy future at ComEd.com slash clean energy. The Hal Sparks Radio Program. A lot of times what you're seeing on the Internet, um, imagine if you will, if someone, a neighbor, a stranger, could paint a different view of the world 
on all of your windows anytime they wanted to. And all they had to do was get you to open the drapes. And if you looked out them, you would think that's what the world looks like, whether it does or not. Al Sparks, Saturdays from 11 to 1 on WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Welcome back to WCPT 820's Election Night Special with Joan Esposito, Patty Vasquez, and Santita Jackson. Brought to you by Fazio Insurance, an independent insurance agency serving residents and businesses in Will and DuPage counties since 1953. Thanks so much to Santita Jackson for kicking us off. I'm Joan Esposito. Let's get right to the numbers. We have a little over 52% of the vote in. And at this point, uh, I have yet to see Paul Vallis lose the lead. He has about 36% of the vote. His nearest challenger right now is Brandon Johnson with roughly 20%. Uh, followed by Lori Lightfoot with about 16% of the vote, coming in with 14% of the vote at this point in time. It looks like Jesus Chuy Garcia. So kind of what people were expecting. We have uh, Max Bever joining us. He's the Director of Public Information for the Board of Elections. And on this night, as on many nights, he's one of the most popular guys in all of Chicago. Max, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thanks for the invite. Okay. Lots of questions. How does turnout look? Do you have a feel for that yet? Just not just today, overall. So uh, as of uh, polls closing at 7 p.m. Uh, tonight, all the Election Day results, uh, as well as vote-by-mail ballots that we received uh, as of last night and all early votes, we are at 507,852 uh, total ballots cast. That puts us at a 32.1% total citywide turnout. Unfortunately, that falls below uh, the maybe overly optimistic numbers that I was hoping for looking at. I think we were shooting for 40, weren't we? I sure was. And looking at the way that people were turning out and vote by mail, it was suggesting that, uh, you know, if election days from previous uh, 2019 and 2015 matched, they would be looking for that higher turnout, getting closer to 2011's 42% turnout. But what it looks like, and given quite a bit of the sluggish turnout that we saw on election day today, was that uh, bucking the trend of municipal elections, people actually seem to make up their minds much earlier in the process rather than Hmm. later, and that much more voters chose to vote by mail than they have in previous years. So it didn't end up uh, adding a lot of votes. It is now uh, at least seemed to be shown that a lot more voters just chose to vote by mail this year instead. I'm not sure uh, the numbers I have are up to the second numbers, but it looks like uh, once again, the 18 to 24 year olds just didn't really come out to vote. Max, what are your numbers? Unfortunately, it looks like we have just uh, between 18 to 24, uh, just over almost 16,000 ballots cast. Now that's compared to the almost 100,000 ballots cast by people uh, 55 to 64 and 65 to 74. And so for that 18 to 24, looking at my numbers right now, that's just over 3% of the total turnout so far. Now, unfortunately, that's not off base for what we usually see for municipal elections, a much lower uh, youth turnout, comparatively to presidential elections, which drive a lot of interest and drive a lot of youth turnout. But that's still much lower uh, than we'd like to see and even lower than it uh, might uh, end up being uh, for youth that turned out for 2019. Wow. Um, I know that you don't know 
uh, how many ballots were postmarked today or or maybe Saturday. But what's your estimate for the number of mail-in ballots that could still arrive? So uh, as of last night, we already had 112,000 vote-by-mail ballots returned back to the board. And those votes have been counted and will be included in tonight's election results. But that leaves over 100,000 vote-by-mail ballots that are still out there. Now, we do expect that uh, a good majority of those are arriving back today, that people dropped off in drop boxes, or they're arriving back from USPS. And then the immediate three to four days after the election is when we receive tens of thousands more. So given the way that uh, uh, the 2022 elections and turnout was, we do expect that about 60 to 80,000 vote by mail ballots may still be coming back. Um, and that will drive our turnout up a little bit more. So hopefully uh, a good percentage of those will come back and we can get that 32 percent citywide turnout up to 36 and at least match uh, 2019's turnout. I know you uh, I know you have to run one final question. When are we going to know who's in the runoff? You know, it depends on how close these races are going to be tonight. Um, Given that we've got five hundred and seven thousand total ballots cast, but one hundred thousand vote by mail ballots that are still out there. If these are razor thin margins, I have a feeling that the campaigns will probably want to wait until the majority of those vote by mail ballots are counted uh, to say more. Now, we at the board, we won't make an official proclamation of results until at least March 15th or 16th. We have until March 14th to accept all properly postmarked vote by mail ballots. And we do get quite a few stragglers uh, up until the 14th, as well as provisional ballots that are cast today. We do get a few thousand of those and those are have until the 14th to be counted too. Um, So I think we'll have a clearer picture when at least the vast majority of the vote by mail ballots come in and are properly processed and counted, um, which might take till this weekend. Uh, Oh my. We will see how, how close that these races are tonight. Wow. It's going to be exciting. Max, thank you so much. I know you are very, very busy tonight. Thank you for sharing part of your evening with us. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for the invite. You're very welcome. Uh, Max Bever, Director of Public Information for the Board of Elections. Ah, exciting times. Uh, Greg Hines is going to join us now. Uh, he wrote his, um, I think this must have been his final column before the vote today, where he uh, said that he was going to refuse to tell us who he voted for. He said, make up your own mind. But here's what I like and don't like about each of the front runners. Greg Hines joins us now. Greg, you still don't want to tell us who you voted for? Nope, I don't, Joan, but uh, I can tell you who Chicago voted for. Uh, we're now starting to get uh, some, I think, uh, pretty definitive totals with 75% of the vote now in. Uh, it's very clear that Paul Ballas is going to be in the number one spot. He's got uh, 36% of the votes. Um, he's got uh, nobody else is within 60,000 votes of him. The race for second place is a little closer, but Brandon Johnson, the county commissioner, the, the real progressive in the field, has really started to open up a lead over light, early light, but he's up 16,000 votes. It's almost a uh, four-and-a-half-point uh, margin. Um, uh, there's still a quarter yet to come, and we've got all those uh, mail ballots yet to come in that uh, – that uh, Max Beverly was talking about, but uh, that's a pretty significant lead for Johnson over over Whitefoot for second place. Yeah, and if this trend continues, one of the candidates would almost need to get all one hundred thousand of those mail in ballots um, to to move if, up if, the way things if, are. If this trend continues, we're going to have a, as 
as stark of a division and a choice as you could ever want. Uh, yeah. Ballas is, is the most conservative guy in the field. Uh, 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 he's the law and order candidate. Uh, Lard Lightfoot accused him of being a, uh, a closet Republican. On the other hand, Mr. Johnson is by far and away the, the most left progressive in the field. He's called for all kinds of new taxes on all kinds of things. Uh, he effectively, in the past, has called for defunding police. Uh, if, those, if that's the final choice, and it's starting to look that way, um, Chicago's going to have to make a real decision. Yeah. I liked in this article that you wrote where you, you excuse me, I'm paraphrasing here, but you pretty much said Chewy Garcia is too nice a guy to make it in this race. It's Chewy is, is a nice guy, but... You know, nice guys don't get you very much in politics. Uh, right now, he's running fourth. He ran, in my opinion, a terrible campaign. You can't really say what he was for. He uh, surrounded himself with a bunch of people that uh, I know of and you know of, but people on the board have never heard of, really, like uh, Pat Quinn and David Orr and whatever. Um, strange way to campaign. Uh, what he was for, uh, what he would do different just wasn't clear. I mean, he saw how unite the city and I'll balance the budget and everything would be great. And that's too bland. While you were just speaking to me, the Associated Press has decided to claim that former public school CEO Paul Vallis has made the April 4th runoff. You know, uh, 75% uh, percent of the vote in was good enough for them, Mr. Hines. But I don't think that's a huge shock to anybody. Frankly, the big shock right now would be if there was some sort of serious upset and Paul Vallis didn't make it into the runoff. I think you and I both have talked about how we've seen this coming for a while. The question was who was going to be going up against Paul Vallis. And I agree with you. I think uh, Brandon Johnson has really had a lot of momentum here in these last couple of weeks. His campaign really seemed to kind of catch fire, uh, just as I, I know I have to say, well, I think he's like you. I think he's a great guy. I think that um, Chewy Garcia, you know, the fire that came to Brandon Johnson may have come from Chewy Garcia's campaign because it was pretty uh, it was pretty quiet. Things seemed pretty quiet on that well, end. Yeah, I- yeah, Jonah, I need to look at the totals, um, but the, the low turnout might have actually worked uh, for uh, uh, for Mr. Johnson's advantage. He has a hardcore supporter. Uh, folks are really believe in him, and in a low turnout, they're disproportionately uh, carry more of a vote. Uh, it's particularly impressive in that uh, younger voters, who I would have thought would have been, would have voted the heavily for him didn't turn out it was it was mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh you know last time i looked at the number of people over 65 who voted was something like six times the number of people aged 18 to 24 but he still looked appears to be uh, uh in the catbird seat in terms of uh, getting into second place at least it yeah. seems to be headed that way yeah and and you're absolutely right of all the matchups you could have put together from this list of nine people I think um, we've the city of Chicago has picked one from the far right and one from the far left. And, you know, uh, let it begin. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be pretty clear cut. You know, I talked to so many people. It's going to be it's going to be war. Duck your head. Get your raincoat out. <laughs> Uh, it could be racial. It's, it's certainly going to be class. It's going to it's going to be tax policy. It's going to be a public safety policy. Very clear differences. Absolutely. Very clear differences. It's 
It's going to be wild, and I'm glad that you're going to be with me every step of the way over the next few weeks, Mr. Hines. Absolutely, ma'am. It, uh, it, it, uh, August will be an interesting uh, spring. Thank you. I know you've got to run. Thank you for being with us this evening. I appreciate your time and your insight, Mr. Hines. Uh, you too, John. Bye-bye. Bye. That's Greg Hines from Craig's, uh, Crane's Chicago Business. The article that he published yesterday um, was pretty much kind of what you and I, the audience, have been talking about for weeks now. Well, the upsides and the downsides of each of the candidates. I mean, um, there were some real progressive candidates that ran for mayor of New York City, and yet it was a very conservative Democrat, Eric Adams, who won because people were worried about crime. You know, the thousand uh, dollar question is, is that going to be the mindset for the people of Chicago? Um, people have, in addition to Greg Hines, who, of course, writes for and about the business community, they've been very concerned with a number of the taxes that Brandon Johnson has said that he wants to uh, to levy. But I've talked to other people who, you know, Brandon Johnson, he is a Cook County commissioner, but he was also on the payroll for the Chicago Teachers Union up until recently. And um, some people are concerned about that, that, you know, what does that mean? The next time there is a teacher's contract to be negotiated, that essentially the teachers union is going to be on both sides of the table. Um, we shall see. But Brandon Johnson has been on fire, just on fire lately, despite his call uh, for a bevy of new taxes. So um, with 75, nope, now 84, just updated the numbers, 84.12% of precincts reporting in the city of Chicago. Paul Vallis is ahead. He has 35.27% of all the votes cast so far. Uh, the nearest competitor is Brandon Johnson with a little over 20%. Followed by Mayor Lori Lightfoot with 16%. I spoke to uh, the mayor earlier this afternoon, and uh, she was still campaigning. Well, I've been here, I've been there. As soon as I hang up with you, I'm going here, I'm going there. You know, um, and which is why I would have counted her out. You know, she lost not only the, her detractors, but she lost a lot of her supporters. A lot of her supporters, Tom Tunney, um, who was her head of the zoning commission uh, committee in city council, bailed and thought about running against her. Uh, Susan Sedlowski Garza, uh, who was one of her biggest supporters, broke with the mayor and said that she just wasn't going to work with her anymore. And yes, there was COVID, and that certainly threw a monkey wrench into the works, but it did seem in the eyes of a lot of people that Lori Lightfoot just kind of got in her own way. You know, there were times when maybe she should have been building bridges instead of burning them down. Um, and it looks like unless things radically changed. And I've been watching these numbers since it was only 32 percent reporting. And while the actual numbers and the percentages have shifted a little bit here and there, the standing has not. Since I first started watching these numbers uh, as soon as the polls closed, this has the way this is the way it's shaped up. Uh, Paul Vallis uh, clearly in the lead 
Um, and the big question was, in most people's mind, would it be Brandon Johnson, Lori Lightfoot, or Chewy Garcia, who he's going to go up against? Unless a lot of those 100,000 mail-in ballots that haven't been looked at yet, unless a lot of those, most of those, many of those are going to Lori Lightfoot, it looks like Brandon Johnson, quite possibly, has uh, pulled this out of the fire. Um, but the way we're going to do things tonight for election night is, yes, we are three hosts, but we are also kind of um, we're kind of rotating. But because Matt Cummings back at the station loves the kinds of energy that happens when the hosts talk to one another, Patty Vasquez was generous enough to offer uh, to sit down and uh, chat with me in the last few minutes of my half hour before she begins her half hour. Uh, and I know, Patty, have you spent the day like you do most election days, running all around, <laughs> talking to voters, visiting as many precincts as you possibly can? I am such a geek. I think Dork is probably. I You're a government geek. I love this so much. Yes, I was out today. Um, I was campaigning for friends of mine. This I, I don't know that I've been as familiar with so many candidates in my entire life. It's very exciting. I know that some of my friends I'll be consoling. Some of them I'll be congratulating and celebrating with them. I, I celebrate everyone that runs. Uh, I know that it's easy to be cynical about elections, but people who take on the challenge and step into the arena and say, I want to lead my community, uh, I, you know, when you do it for the right reasons and you do it the right way, uh, it's really, it's it's spectacular. I love this so much. Yeah, so I've been, I've been uh, I just came from one of the uh, election night parties where they're waiting for results, uh, and it's, a, it's close for the second place in the 45th Ward, so we're watching those results. I'm watching the police boards. Um, yeah, it's exciting to see the, the returns on the mayoral race. I felt this today when I was at the polling places. There were I never heard so many people saying that they believed Vallis might win this outright. There, this is the first time I ever heard anyone with that kind of spectacular <laughs> proposition that he might win this tonight. Because it's just it's, an, it's a mathematical impossibility as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> it would seem to be out yes. of the realm of possibility for anybody. Like like I said, those hundred thousand votes that are still out. If if Lori Lightfoot gets them, if if Paul Vallis gets them, if if Brandon Johnson gets them, you know, then, you know, well, it probably won't change the fact that it's going to be Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis. But if Paul Vallis gets all one hundred thousand, then maybe right. we can call it. But, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't plan to be sitting here for four days while we wait to, for those to come in. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's remarkable. I am. I am really I'm, I'm very amped, I think, is the best way to put it tonight. Yes. Uh, and watching these returns, uh, there's a, a bunch of races that I'm keeping my eye on. You know, I was I had uh, regular um, conversations with friends of mine who are invested in the 41st Ward. It does look as though Napolitano, Alderman Napolitano will, will hold on to that seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, some races are a little bit closer. Uh, I mean, you know, not by a lot, but the 25th Ward, uh, Aida Flores, who had challenged uh, Alderman uh, Sichco Lopez, um, that's a little bit within about seven points. At, at this point, with this money returns, it's going to be tough to close that gap. But what races, what, what is, what, besides the uh, aldermanic races, I know you talked to a lot of candidates. Are there any that you've kept your eye on? I know you talked to some of the 45th Ward candidates as well. Yes, I talked to Megan uh, Mathias and I talked to James Saw, uh, both of whom I thought had 
a better shot uh, than it appears they do with 86 percent of the vote in. It looks like uh, Jim Gardner, though. I did talk to uh, when I was talking to Justin Kaufman, because for Axios Chicago, he wrote a, a uh, an article about all 50 wards. And he pointed out that the 45th with the redistricting, mm-hmm. that there are some more there are more conservative areas now that are part of the 45th than were before. And, you know, as you know, Jim Gardner, a former firefighter, has a lot of uh, has a lot of the support of firefighters and cops. Many of whom live in that area. So um, perhaps I shouldn't be a surprise that he appears to be uh, running running away with this. Hey, Patty. Yes. Our good friend Roosevelt. Uh, Lady B says Roosevelt is calling in and I think he's going to tell us how he voted. Roosevelt, Ooh. are you there? It's me and Patty Vasquez. Hey, Roosevelt. Ladies, ladies, ladies. <laughs> uh, no. To me, it was very simple. Brandon Johnson, week in and week out, on the show, was telling us what the city the city needed. So I know more about Brandon Johnson, I know about Lori Lightfoot, than any other candidate because of the fact he was on your station. He told us what the city needed for weeks and weeks and weeks. Another thing, see, I'm going to tell you the reasons why I voted for him. He talks about reforming the police department. I know the negative is the taxes. But here's the thing. There's, there's, he is very articulate. He knows how the sausage is made, meaning he's a commissioner. He knows something about something. You know what I mean? And he's very articulate. I think he could bring the city together. And I'm hoping, and another reason why I voted for this, I'm hoping that Chuy Garcia, once he loses, and the mayor, once she loses, support Brandon Johnson. And that will give him another lift. Nobody talks about who these candidates might be supporting after they lose. And that's that was my calculation. Hopefully Garcia will support Brandon Johnson if he is in the runoff. Okay. Um, and, and another reason is because I was at your... Um, Events that you held with all the candidates, and to me, even my son said, I, I asked my son, and he's 17. By the way, my kids all voted. Yay! My 24-year-old, my, my 24-year-old girl, my 23-year-old boy, he voted. My 18, my 19, and then my 17. Well, I had my, my, my 17-year-old at the event, and I said, who do you like? And he said, Brendan Johnson. So, you know, I, I, I'm very disappointed that the youth didn't come out and vote in, in bigger. I was kind of surprised by that because there was very early on when early voting first took place. I saw some reports that seemed to indicate that, like the previous two elections, that the youth vote was going to be coming out in numbers. I mean, my son's, uh, let's see, how old is he? no, he's 29 and he certainly voted today but um 
I, Patty, I know we don't have much time before mm-hmm. we make the handoff, but did, was that something? Thanks, Roosevelt. Did that surprise you that there weren't more young voters? I was, I was surprised. Uh, I, I, uh, I, saying about <laughs> or not? Well, no. I mean, I, I was thinking about it today. Uh, one of my callers was asking about, you know, maybe it is voter fatigue and uh, the timing of it in February. I mean, you know, a lot of kids, whether it's in college or uh, you know seniors in high school and things like that. I, I don't know what it would take for. It's not. I hate to say the word juicy. That sounds wrong. But I mean, it's it's not as spectacular as the the national landscape of, you know, following someone like AOC or Bernie or, you know, having to try to fight again like Trump. It's not the same thing, I think, that energizes them. Maybe. Yep. Well, um, we have a great election show coming up for you. Uh, Patty Vasquez is going to be holding down the fort for the next for the next 30 minutes. Uh, And then Santita and I will be back at some point. We'll figure that all out. Um, But let's take a break. And when we come back, Patty Vasquez continues the WCPT election night coverage. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT Willow Springs, is powered by ComEd. See how ComEd is preparing for a clean energy future at comed.com slash clean energy. If you sit in the office all day with a fear of missing out, listen to Patty Vasquez on the drive home to catch up on the day. I catch up on the day as I drive home. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Because we have so much to talk about every day. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Weeknights 5 to 7 on WCPT 820. (laughs) It is still the Patty Vasquez Show. Tonight's election coverage on WCBT is sponsored by Fazio Insurance. Fazio Insurance, an independent insurance agency serving residents and businesses in Will and DuPage counties. Since 1953, the Fazio Insurance name has been trusted by the community to offer unparalleled service and competitive quotes to clients throughout the state of Illinois. For more information, contact Paul Fazio at 815-727-2611 or check them out on their website, fazioinsurance.com. We are back with election night coverage here at WCPT. Joining us on the line right now is former Governor Quinn. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us. It's uh, quite an an energized evening. What are your thoughts as you watch these returns come in, sir? Well, it's pretty impressive. Uh, The fact that uh, the count comes in so quickly is very impressive. And clearly, uh, Paul Vallis is going to be the number one uh, vote getter in the first round. And looks like Brandon Johnson is going to be number two. So that'll be a very spirited contest for April 4th. And then all the, uh, there's quite a few good races uh, for aldermen all across Chicago. So there'll be a lot of activity between now and six weeks from now and when April 4th comes around. On a night like tonight, and you're, you're no stranger to election night results. Uh, you know, what what's going through your mind as we think about, uh, you know, voter turnout? As you mentioned, uh, it's amazing how fast these results are coming in. Uh, I agree. It, it seems swift. But what are some of the things, what are some of the emotions that you're feeling on election night? Well, as a candidate who's won elections and lost elections, it's a lot easier to win. <laughs> you know, when uh, the numbers come in and uh, they don't go your way. It is sort of a disappointing feeling, but, you know, this is what democracy is all about. People uh, getting in the arena, campaigning, working as hard as they can. And I really salute uh, all nine candidates who ran for mayor. It's a very arduous, demanding campaign. Uh, And, you know, when it's over, it's over. And, you know, life that does go on, even if you lose an election, uh, I know I lost for governor and 
they said the next day, one day a peacock, the next day a feather duster when you lose. But, uh, <laughs> know. you know, there are other there are other things you can do with your life. And uh, I would urge all the candidates who ran for uh, mayor, if they uh, have an elected office, they can always go back to that. But even if they don't, they can volunteer and participate in other good things to help our city. We have to band together. And, yes. Uh, I really hope uh, both Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson understand that this campaign where they'll be running for mayor for six weeks, uh, you don't want to have such a divisive situation where you can't put things together again after uh, April 4th. You know, you bring up something interesting, and I, I have only lost a race, so I don't know the victorious side of it. But that is something uh-huh. that, you know, when you run, it is, uh, you know, decide what it is that you have in mind. Is it to serve people or is it to have power? And if it's to serve people, then you do find a way to contribute, whether it's campaigning for other candidates that you believe in or doing the work that you set out to do in the first place. I do think that there's something to gracious winners as well. Don't you think of, uh, you know, whether it's Abraham Lincoln's sort of philosophy of bring in his, uh, you know, his his challengers and his uh, band of of rivals. Right. Uh, I think yeah, there's team some- of rivals. Yeah. Uh, you know, Doris Kearns Goodwin wrote a book about that, which I read. Lincoln did bring in people he had competed against uh, for president, and he brought him into his cabinet. And I'd urge uh, both uh, Brandon and Paul Vallis to really look at the talent of the folks who did run for mayor, who came up a little short. Uh, you know, Chuy Garcia will be going back to Congress, and he's a very, very strong person. Um, you know, he's going to help our city. Uh, you know, I supported Chewy. I've known him 40 years. You know, I was there in 1983 and 87 when Harold Washington ran for mayor, and uh, it's really important that uh, you know, we make sure that we do what Harold Washington did, which is after the election, try and build a kind of a rainbow coalition, bring people from all walks of life and neighborhoods and races together for the good of Chicago and the people of Chicago. I agree. I, I think it's an important thing to keep in mind is, it, again, why you ran in the first place. As you as you mentioned, we have a lot of aldermanic races across the city. Are there any in particular that you're watching that, that are surprising you or uh, that you have interest in? Well, you know, I supported Joe Dunn. He ran in the 48th ward. I see that he's going to be in the runoff. You know, I think in that ward they had like 10 candidates, and 46th ward also had a lot of candidates. So there'll be some very spirited runoffs. Uh, uh, the first ward, uh, I know David Royko, uh, I'm sorry, Sam Royko, the um, son of uh, Mike Royko. And, uh, you know, I think it's healthy for uh, Every ward, uh, when they have a competition, you know, people can uh, kind of pin the aldermen down, the candidates for aldermen, and find out, uh, you know, where their positions are and all kinds of issues. And with six more weeks, there'll pl- be plenty of time to pin them down. It'll be fun watching. Yeah. And it is. And we are seeing some runoffs across the city. Uh, Daniel Zapata, Daniel Zapata, La Zapata, with eighty-five uh, percent reporting, is facing a runoff. Uh, Nicole uh-huh. Lee, who was appointed in the eleventh ward, is trailing yeah. Anthony uh, Ciarvino. Uh, I'm probably getting all these names wrong. Ciarvino at thirty-one point five to thirty-one point three, and in the twelfth, wow. appointed Annabel Abarca is facing a loss tonight uh, with uh, to Julia Ramirez at fifty-six point four to forty-three point six. Yeah, these are a lot of interesting races. And some. Well, how about the 2026 20, uh, ward? I think Byron Chicho Lopez is ahead. He was the last time I looked. 
And um, he faced an onslaught of huge amounts of money against him. Yes. And uh, I think he was ahead by a couple hundred votes. So, And there was only two candidates. So whoever gets the most tonight uh, wins during the day. Yep. You know? yep. Currently, he's ahead yeah. by almost uh, about 450 votes against Aida Flores. He's got 53.4% oh, of the vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are... You know, one thing that Brandon... Yep. Brandon is the sponsor of something that we do need in Chicago. It's called the Initiative Process uh, in New York and Los Angeles and Philadelphia, Houston, all these big cities. Voters, when they want an ordinance uh, passed, they can gather signatures on a petition and then pass the ordinance by referendum. We don't have that in Chicago, and uh, Byron is the sponsor of the Chicago Voter Initiative. So I was happy to see that he he's ahead there and uh you know we need to give voters more opportunity to vote not just on candidates like tonight but be able to vote for issues uh, in pittsburgh for example they reformed the whole no-knock war- warrant situation in their city when a young woman went out got sixty thousand signatures in a petition drive put the referendum on the ballot to reform no-knock warrants and it passed uh, with 80 percent and so we can do that in chicago we just have to empower voters more than than just uh, let the uh, city council have everything. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I was talking earlier today, uh, and, and Santita, who uh, came into the station, I, I was young when Harold Washington was in office. I did not realize why we are uh, a nonpartisan or non-declared party for these races. Uh, that's fascinating to me, and I don't know that anyone has any will to change it. But I, I think, in you know, having uh, no primaries, having a, a February election has a lot to do with, with voter turnout today as well. And we're we're seeing really low numbers amongst young voters. What are your thoughts in, in that regards? Yeah, I saw the same thing. I was a little disappointed. Uh, you know, the people who were highest percentage of voters were, you know, over 50. And I happen to be over 50, although I was playing basketball on the West Side uh, last summer. And uh, the ball was going in more often that that day than uh, bouncing out. And <laughs> these guys next to me said, how old are you, Quinn? Are you in your 40s or your 50s? And I'm actually a little older than that. I'm 73, 74 at that time. Anyhow, uh, bottom line is older people are voting more, and we got to make sure that younger people who really have a stake in the future of our city and our state and our country understand what democracy is all about. Uh, remember when Trump got elected, we were all very unhappy, and I remember participating in all kinds of walks and marches, and we would march along and say, this is what democracy looks like. And you got to understand that voting is uh, the ultimate act of democracy. Yeah, I think there's a, a, a certainly a contrast between the, the participation of young voters at the national level and, and uh, in, as opposed to what we're seeing today. And uh, and it, it, we've got to find a way to, as you mentioned, uh, to get them involved and to see how their votes matter. Because, you know, you're more likely to be impacted by your alderman, uh, your alderman or your, your mayor or your even your police council. I don't know if you've had any thoughts on uh, th- that new. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, yeah. What, race where I live, the yeah. uh, police district council, I'm in the 25th district and I voted for three people. I think I hope they win. Uh, you know, uh, we haven't seen those results yet. But I think your point is very well taken. You know, if we're going to elect, uh, re-elect uh, Joe Biden as Democrats, uh, we've got to make sure everybody's in and nobody's left out. And that means reaching out to people of different ages, different neighborhoods, and definitely different races. Uh, we got to, you know, build our majority. 
that's uh, I know when I was governor, we wanted to pass marriage equality, uh, but we didn't have the votes until we kept working at it, working at it, and organizing. And finally, one day we got uh, the majority passed in the House, and I signed it into law. And you know, sometimes important victories take hard work and hard organizing, and that's a lesson we can all take uh, every day. Which uh, police di- uh, board did you say? W- what district are you in? Uh, I'm in 25. In 25? So let me take a quick look for you. Angelica Green with 27.8%. Sal uh, Arellano at uh, 25.6%. And Jacob Arena at 20.2% currently with 90% of precincts reporting. All right. I voted for all three. I'm glad they won. There you go. You know, one of the things... Go ahead. Yes, sir. No, I think the good thing about that office is, you know, it's maybe the first time somebody can run for office, get in the arena. We're going to have next year, don't forget, uh, the opportunity to elect the school board in Chicago. And those will be, I think, races where a lot of people will um, come and file petitions and run for office. Uh, This is very healthy. Democracy is not a spectator sport. It's something that we got to get everybody paying attention to. That's what our country stands for, democracy, government of the people. And um, that's also why I believe in the initiative and referendum process where, you know, the elected officials maybe aren't getting the job done quick enough. We can go around them and put referendums on the ballot to clean things up. And uh, I'm going to keep I'm going to work on that for property tax reform and relief this coming year. Our, our system is a lousy one and you've got to rechange it and reform it and get relief for people who are owning homes and want to stay in them. Well, I look forward to having those conversations with you, sir. Before we go, one more thing. You were talking about how democracy is a participation sport. You know, I've been telling folks it's not just about uh, it's not just about coming out and voting. It's about making sure that your electeds uh, know who you know that your story is important. I've got to run and I want to continue this conversation whenever your schedule would allow. I appreciate your time this evening and your insight. And I I wish you a wonderful evening. What was that? All right. Keep up. Keep up the good work. And WCPT, aggressive and progressive. <laughs> hey, come on in studio sometime, all right? We're over here on the uh, northwest side. Come over by us. I'll be there. All right. See you soon. Take, Take care. care. See you soon, sir. Take care. Uh, we are going to we are going to uh, check in to another important voice in our community. We're going to talk to Congressman Bobby Rush is on the line with us right now. Let me take care of this one. Wait, why won't I can't I can't take this one. Lady B, my phone over here won't let me uh, discharge the, the governor. <laughs> no button. Ah, see? Uh, nope. I can't I can't get to. <laughs> All right, can we call him back? Yeah. All right, thank you. We're gonna call. We're gonna call Congre- Congressman Bobby Bobby Rush right right now. The the button was stuck on there. Let me. Uh, I'm gonna tell Tony Fitzpatrick that we're not. But I can't put this live either. All right, you have to do it for me. You did, didn't you? <laughs> Hold on, Congressman Bobby Rush on the line with us. Thank you for your patience and and joining us. How, what are your thoughts as we watch the election results come in? Yes, sir. Patty, I got to tell you, this is Jerry Riles at the uh, oh. Lori Lightfoot uh, campaign headquarters here at the Mid America Carpenters Re- Regional Council on Erie and State. And uh, it's a packed house here. People are coming in, Patty, and it is getting really, really busy. But I do have uh, the Congressman Bobby Rush at hand, ready to talk with you more about tonight's election. Excellent. Thank you so much, Jerry. Congress- Hello. Hello, Congressman. Bobby Rush joins us. Thank you for your time, sir. What What are you seeing in the room? What are you feeling as we watch election results come in tonight? 
Well, I think the results are still inconclusive. There's still a lot of votes out there. Uh, and I'm optimistic that um, the incumbent, Lori Lightfoot, will uh, win uh, and be in the runoff with Paul Dallas. I'm not at all surprised. And then Paul Dallas is commanding me in this race. Uh, in that he had uh, a united uh, base with him. He was the only candidate uh, that represented a conservative point of view, a law and order point of view, uh, and he represented in the north and the southwest side of the city. Uh, Paul Valley did not campaign uh, in the African-American community. The night campaign in the uh, uh, Hispanic community, and uh, I've seen that in the general election, uh, his uh, refusal to campaign in the most community is going to come back and, and, and haunt him in, in the general election. But I'm not, again, uh, his vote came out, his vote was united, he didn't split his vote, he's the only white candidate in the race. And so uh, Chicago historically has an international representation of being the most segregated city in America. And it's living up to those standards uh, uh, tonight. I think that it's a it, you're, he absolutely had a lot of wind at his back, and I was sensing that as I was out at campaigning places. Uh, a lot of I had I heard one woman say this: "Paul will save us all," and there was like that kind of energy that I was hearing from folks. What will it take to challenge that kind of energy uh, as we head into the runoff? Another candidate, a single uh, candidate, that comes out of the. Uh, African American community, uh, candidate that, that we all unite about, and that's going to come. See that? That's rhetoric. And I certainly respect, um, that lady's, uh, feeling, uh, her position. Uh, but that, she's only speaking to a very small percentage of Chicago. Not the majority of Chicago, uh, don't you call as me some might save you. Well, I, I know it's going to be a lot of work as we head into this runoff, and we look forward to continuing these conversations with you, sir. I know that there's a lot going on there, and I, I want to make sure that you have a, a lovely evening, and we look forward thank to connecting you. with you again, sir. Thank you. Thank you. That's, thank you so much. As Congressman Bobby Rush, we're going to turn to uh, Tony Fitzpatrick, who always has uh, something to say about what's going on in Chicago. Tony, what are you thinking as you watch these returns? I'm pretty happy. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've supported Brandon Johnson. And, um, I, you know, he did even better than I thought he would. Uh, I thought that perhaps he would fall short of the runoff. And it looks like he's, it's going to be between him and Vallis. And honestly, I'm going to make a prediction here and say that uh, when, when the runoff happens, Brandon will beat him. And I'll tell you why. Why? Brandon will not be running against seven other uh, black candidates uh, in the runoff. So I, I think that I think this city will elect Brandon Johnson. 
One of the things that occurred to me today, because I, as I mentioned, I was out campaigning for uh, some of my local electeds, and you know, I'm obviously campaigning for progressives. Uh, I, you know, there's going to be a lot of split energy with so many runoffs in aldermanic races too. So I'm hoping that we can consolidate that energy, that uh, you know, all that power it, to do both, to both accomplish electing more progressives in aldermanic seats, and uh, as, as you said, the other goal. <laughs> I'm trying to be unbiased about how I feel about the, the runoff between Vallis and Johnson. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I might still have to interview yeah. Paul Vallis. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, believe me, a lot of my friends, people that I like very much, uh, voted for Vallis. But, you know, I'll just tell you this. When's the last time Paul Vallis actually won an election? Uh, never. That would be a never, I believe. Yeah, that would be never. Um, I look at the, the guy who ran uh, three school systems into the ground, Chicago, New Orleans, and Philadelphia. Um, I'm not a fan of Paul Vallis. He seems to be a, a professional candidate for whatever job is, is you know, open. Um, in, in my opinion, he's a, he's, he has failed upward his whole career. Uh, if you talk to any teacher who was uh, in Chicago when uh, he was the head of the Chicago Public Schools, um, they don't have anything good to say about him. And what I like about Brandon Johnson is he dedicated his life to education. And I've always thought that is the silver bullet for this city. That is, you know, educated people have choices. Educated people and much better uh, chances at getting productive jobs and, you know, serving their community. It all starts with the schools, Patty. I agree. And, and I have a look, I want, I'm a product of Chicago Public Schools. Both my boys are. And uh, and it is it is something that we have to continue this fight. Uh, I, you know, again, I don't want to get into the weeds about how I feel. <laughs> Paul Vallis. No, so, no, yeah. But, but some over 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 uh, a coffee at some point would love to <laughs> share my thoughts. Daddy, the difference between you and me is you've actually run for office. Yes. You know, I, I well, have, you know, but. Uh, you know, I just mark my words. Believe me, this is going to come down to Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis, and Vallis is going to get his ass handed to him. I think. Never won hopefully, my son is is listening and uh, is cheering in his dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> during, during this campaign, he was actually blocked by Jamal Green because uh, my son tweeted out that the only people that were happy that Jamal Green was in the race was Paul Vallis. <laughs> Just, well, you know, um, I respect activists. Believe me, I, I uh, we are sunk without them. I agree. There has to be, there's such a thing as a useful political agitator and a productive uh, political agitator. And in the very beginning, that's what the Reverend Jesse Jackson was. He, he was a productive and useful political agitator. And uh, he, he registered more people to vote in Chicago than anyone in the history of this city. Wow. You know, um, yeah, mm-hmm. when Harold Washington ran. Um, I don't think Jamal is there yet. Uh, all I heard him do is, you know, try to torpedo other candidates. You know, I mean, the the thing is, is that uh, this campaign, when everybody started announcing and throwing their hat in the ring, 
Patty, I wanted to get in the ring and throw all the hats back. You <laughs> yes, know, uh, I know. I'm yeah. serious. You know, this is a Molary and Curly election, you know. Um, but I, I, I like Brandon Johnson because uh, he's about education, you know. And he's also about holding the police uh, to task for the wrongdoing that's been done. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I know Ballas is running on uh, law and order, and that, that's a very safe dog whistle thing for white people. Um, but what, what about when the police misbehave? You know, I mean, it's it's not uh, it's not any accident that uh, uh, that woman Anna Jet, uh, who was humiliated by the police and won a big settlement from the Chicago police, uh, is firmly in his corner. Mm-hmm. Um, he stands with people who don't have a voice, and that's why I'm pulling for him. Well, with 89% of precincts reporting, uh, Paul Vallis, as we've already mentioned, has uh, has been declared the candidate that will make it to the runoff with 35%. Brandon Johnson is currently at 20.3, Lori Lightfoot at 16.4, and Jesus Garcia, Chewy Garcia at 13.8. Uh, before I let you... I, uh, this is... Huh? You can stick, you can stick a fork in those two. They're done, you know. And I, well, I believe uh, Sophia King, uh, Cam Buckner, and J. Mal Green have all conceded. Uh, Willie Wilson is incoming probably uh, soon, and uh, and Sawyer's recording his now. Um, w- before we let you go, did you have any aldermanic any skin in any of the aldermanic races? But yeah, I wanted. Uh, I, I was pulling for Sam Royko. He didn't. He did not win. Um, uh, Lespada seems to have uh, been reelected, and uh, I'm not wasn't crazy about him. I didn't I didn't want Proko to get back in there, but um, uh, yeah, I had a little bit of skin. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by that one that uh, uh, seems to be. It was fifty fifty about an hour ago. Uh, it was Reyes and uh, um. Oh, what's a lovely woman's name who ran against me? I think she's winning now. I don't know which ward. I'm not sure which ward. I can can scroll if you know the ward. (laughs) I'm scrolling quickly looking for Reyes. Who won your ward? It looks right now as though there there might be a runoff, but uh, Alderman Jim Gardner has about 48.7% so far to Megan Mathias's 15.7%. Um, that's with, I believe, also with about 90% of precincts. Uh, Nicholas Posado, Posado in 38th Ward, looks like he will be winning again uh, with 56.3. We have kind of the uh, triumvirate of first responders here on the northwest side. We've got Posado, yeah. Napolitano. And, uh, firemen, right? Yeah, they're all firemen. I think Spisato, uh, Napolitano was also a cop. Uh, Napolitano has handily won his race. It looks like Posado will as well. Uh, Gardner might be in a runoff. Huh. That's so interesting. Well, Gardner, you know, I mean, he, he survived that, you know, he had something happen in the last year where, where people were not happy with him. He had a lot and, of uh, somethings, including a ward soup who was selling guns from his basement while on city time. But that's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the you Northwest. You have a lot of fun up there in the... Uh, you guys have a lot of fun up there in Jeff Park, don't you? Let's, yeah, let's call it that. Let's call it fun. Hijinks. Uh, malarkey. <laughs> Shenanigans. I've got a... Malarkey. <laughs> Tony, let's, uh, let's, let's not take so long to talk again. I'd love to have you on soon. Uh, and, I, and I'm so grateful for your time. 
Take care, Patty. See ya. Take care. Thank you so much. Let's take a break here. Our election night coverage continues. We take a break. We're on till 10. Me, Santita Jackson, and Jonas Bezito. This is Patty Vasquez. I should probably let you know that. Thank you. You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. Welcome back to WCPT 820's Election Night Special with Joan Esposito, Patty Vasquez, and Santita Jackson. Brought to you by Fazio Insurance, an independent insurance agency serving residents and businesses in Will and DuPage counties since 1953. Welcome back. <laughs> it's okay. It's live radio. I'm so glad to be back in here with Vidalia. This is Santita Jackson. Of course, you can catch me tomorrow morning at, I was about to say at 9 a.m. No, 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 no. It's 6 a.m. from 6 to 8. Remember those days, Vidalia? What'd you say? Uh, so glad I'm remembering them and not doing them. Yes. Hey, everybody. Boy, has this been an exciting evening. Uh, the race has already been called. At least the plurality of the votes belong to Paul Vallis. And it appears that Brandon Johnson is holding on to his lead, a little more than 20 percent. Mayor Lightfoot has 16 percent, but there are 99,000 votes that are outstanding, mail-in votes. So we really will not know what's going to happen for another couple of weeks. We're going to see, but I want you to call us at 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT. One of the surprising aspects of this uh, of this election tonight has been the fact that we were expecting, I think, Vidalia, a huge turnout of the youth vote. That did not happen. But one of the things, I think we have to go back a little bit, and this is where I think some of the things that I've lived come in handy. These insurgent candidates don't just pop up. They are people who have been embedded in the community, they've been working in the community, and they do it all day, every day, all the time. Uh, The thing is... Uh, I think that the gentleman who was just on was actually partly right about Reverend Jackson. Reverend Jackson, Reverend Jesse Jackson has registered more people to vote, not just in Chicago, but he's registered more Americans to vote than anyone in the history of the republic. Did you know that, Bedalia? No one has registered more Americans to vote than Reverend Jesse Jackson. But this is something that he does all day, every day. It's very, very difficult to, and well nigh impossible, to get people very excited to just about one particular uh, period of election, one season, one election season. That's just not how it works. You have to keep people engaged all the time, all the time. And so we're going to see what's going to happen with this election. Uh, It turns out that Mayor Lightfoot said that if we're within the margin of error, she is going to ask for a a recount. That's fair. So we fully will not know what has happened with this election for another couple of weeks. I mean, that's really it. There will be a runoff, but who will be facing Paul Vallis? 
We don't know. So we're going to see. And so I want you to call me at 773-763-9278 and let me know who you really think is going to win. And I have someone, you know what, Bedalia, you know who's responsible for me being at this station? Mm-mm. This man who you call, who you brought on right now, George Bliss, lovingly known as Cousin George to all of us. I don't care what your background is. He's everybody's cousin. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> How are you, George Bliss? Where are you tonight? I'm at the Bell Center. Oh, I know you must be happy. Yeah. I mean, per, per Andy Mills' instructions, it's absolutely chaos here uh, in the Fulton uh, District. Uh, traffic all the way out to State Street, and uh, everybody is happy here. I, I must be very clear about it. AP has already called it for Mr. Ballas, mm-hmm. and it looks, like, it looks like Brandon will be second. So here we are. I think it was predicted by all our friends at CPT. This is where it would go. Santita, I'm talking to the FOP guys, and of course they're smiling. And mm-hmm. some of the teachers are here as well. So, you know, teachers versus policemen, I would never say that. But those two unions are supporting each other's candidate. This should be interesting when it comes down to the next election. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be interesting because you just you can't call it. You no. really, really, really can't call it. So what are... What is the strategy for the Vallis campaign going forward? Uh, they're obviously going to spend some more money on TV ads. They found the last time he ran, and I was involved, in 2019, they did not have a lot of money and very little TV coverage. Quite frankly, he was on uh, AM stations and FM stations, and uh, as you know, he was trounced by uh, Lori and uh, Ms. Tuckwinkle. But this time, the money came from a number of benefactors. Some are here tonight. These are people with extreme money. I've always been against people, billionaires, running our country, but it is what it is, Santita. You and I have talked about this. So some very heavy contributors are here tonight, and I'm pretty sure that the television ad campaign will get more intense starting tomorrow. Hmm. More intense. What does that mean? You know, some people have accused... uh, Paul Vallis of say, playing dog whistle yeah. politics, you know, with law and order, with his um, with his lack of support for critical race theory. Do you expect him to do a pivot? You know, and people in campaigns do pivot, you know, because you're trying yeah. to draw more people in. You're not trying to lose anybody, but you are trying to draw people in. I am no predictor, but since he has won tonight pretty much ahead, I don't see why he would pivot. I, I am not a consultant. Mm-hmm. I just like reporting. But uh, you've taught me a lot. Yes, pivoting would be important. He needs to address the situations where people are not in agreement with them. So, boy, we're sure going to see very quickly. But, again, I, I'm really certain, Santita, uh, that he will be spending further dollars on television ads that have been successful this year for him. Hmm, We're talking with George Bliss. George Bliss, who is at the Vallis headquarters, he says they are jubilant. They are excited. Uh, He has won convincingly. What do you, I mean, he is a proud member of the Greek American community. What does his win mean to people? Well, I I, I don't have my history book in front of me, but I don't think there's ever been a Greek American mayor of Chicago looking back a couple hundred years. Uh, there's been a few here and there, uh, never a president of the United States. 
But uh, it's a small community. We only have about uh, 3% of the total population of the greater Chicagoland area. That includes suburban areas. So 3% of uh, roughly 11 million, what is it, 300,000, something like that. It's a very small community, but very tight. Uh, I, myself, uh, growing up in the church, knew most of the other churches from the north side to the south side, and I see a lot of my friends here tonight. Mm-hmm. It counts. These people are contributing. But you need much, much more than that. You need uh, power in all of the sections of the city. You know, I mentioned today to Joan, 77 neighborhoods. Just think about it. Each neighborhood, about 60,000 people. You know, 50,000 aldermen, right? 50,000 mm-hmm. people per, per ward. Now, 50 aldermen have to decide who, what they're going to do. And you saw, you see up on the TV screen. Paul, stay right there. Racist. I think, is is Mr. Vallis coming up now? Yep. It looks Lightfoot, like Lori Lightfoot's coming up. Okay, stay right there, George. I will. Liz? Okay. We're going to get her up very, very shortly. Because, well, you know, what can, I'm sure she has got to be completely taken aback, if you will. Yeah. By by this loss, I'm I'm sitting right next to one of the major network producers who said, "Peter, and yes, the screen is up now, and yes, uh, she looks obviously upset, and uh, she's out of it. It looks like the first mayor in 38 years, Peter, that has lost after one selection, one incumbent race, and boy, after 38 years." It hasn't happened. Now it's happening tonight here in 2023. Unbelievable. Bring about change. Believe that uh, you matter. And believe that you can love who you want to love and do what you want to do and be who you want to be. You will not be defined by how um, you fall. You will be defined by how hard you work and how much you do good for other people. Obviously, we didn't win the election today, but I stand here with my head held high and a heart full of gratitude. I am grateful to the millions of Chicagoans who came together as we made tough decisions, saw the struggles of our frontline workers, and beat back a deadly pandemic. that we work together to remove a record number of guns off our streets, reduced homicides, and started making real progress on public safety. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that we were able to connect youth to uh, mental health services, housing, education, job training, and legal services. I'm extraordinarily proud that we made investments in communities that have been neglected for decades with Invest Southwest. And putting over $2.2 billion into communities um, in our neighborhoods, that commitment simply must continue. And I'm proud 
proud of the fact that we um, have de- will deliver on the city's largest ever investments in affordable housing. Yes. And to achieve record investment in our public schools, adding school, social workers, nurses, and special education case managers. Yes. And you better believe I am grateful that we took on the machine and entrenched forces that held this city back for far too long. And regardless of tonight's outcome, we fought the right fights and we put this city on a better path, no doubt about it. Now, as we all know in life, in the end, you don't always win every battle, but you never regret taking on the powerful and bringing in the light. My friends across the country and my fellow mayors, never fear being brave and bold. I have always believed that when a door closes, another one opens, and so it will be for me and Amy and Viv. Hey, everybody. Santita Jackson here on WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station. It's been election day in Chicago. Indeed, it's been the election season since January 26th. January 26th until yesterday, 244,000 people voted. Voted. And they voted for change. They voted on crime, but they voted on schools. They voted on getting more public schools. They voted on fair housing, affordable housing. They voted on, oh, my goodness, on so many issues, on so many issues, many issues that we did not discuss because the corporate media shaped the narrative that the candidates ended up running on, crime. But the fact is, when you close more than 50 public schools, you are feeding crime. You have robbed people of their jobs, principals, vice principals, teachers, teachers, assistants, people who work to keep the school clean, the people who serve the food. That's an entire ecosystem that was wiped out all over the city, all over the city. Most Americans who work in the city cannot afford to rent an apartment in the city in which they work. That's the breeding ground for crime. You see today what went before the Supreme Court was a reduction in student loan debt, $430 billion that would have been wiped off the books. These banks can afford it. But guess what? You have the most corporate favoring Supreme Court in the history of the republic. So if the conservative justices have their way, there will be no relief for you. And you and you and you who have student loan debt, we can just keep on going down the list. You can't go to the emergency room because you don't have $400. You don't have $1,000. You don't have no, you have no cushion. If you lived in East Palestine, Ohio, you, if they gave you an emergency evacu- evacuation order, where could you go? Most people don't have the money to go anywhere. You have, need to be affluent to be able to pick up and move. So think about this. This is what's on the table. When people are voting. So we were happy to hear that absentee ballots, mail-in ballots, all of that added up to more than 244,000 votes. We're concerned that mm, in-person voting was sluggish, but we're still in the pandemic. So a lot of people are saying, wait a minute, 
I am not going to go into what could be a crowded place. I'm not going to do that. So you've got to understand that we still don't know who won because 99,000 votes are outstanding. 99,000. So I want you to call me at 773-763-9278-773-763-9278. George Bliss is still with us. But you know what? We are so, so excited to have Amaya Pawar, the former alder person from the 47th Ward. How are you today? Tonight, excuse me. You know, I've been going since 2 o'clock this morning. I'm going to have to have you on my radio show. I'm up at 2 in the morning, and I'm on the, on the air at 6. But we have some calls coming in, 773-763-WCPT, 773-763-9278. What do you make of tonight? Yeah, you know, it's. I think many people saw um, this coming from Mayor Lightfoot, right, that... Mm. Um, getting into the runoff was going to was getting increasingly difficult. And I think the question really was, I think in most people's minds was, you know, who is going to be the number two take on Paul Vallis, mm-hmm. Granny Johnson, or uh, who is it going to be Julie Garcia? Um, and could Mayor Lightfoot kind of sneak in? But um, I don't think tonight's surprising, uh, you know. Uh, do you, well, do you like, think that crime drove this campaign or was it so many things? It, I, I'm asking that question because it appears that what's in the zeitgeist has changed. I mean, even people wanted the, the toss up in, in 2016 was Trump and Bernie Sanders. Who do I vote for? Who's going to go to Washington and fight for me? Do you think that was on the table as well? I think, you know, if you look at all the other big city races in Atlanta, uh, D.C., uh, even more recently, New York City mm-hmm. crime was the issue, uh, was the animating issue, whether it's real or perceived. Um, and I think, frankly, I think you have a lot of national figures who like to say that, you know, just hiring more police or clamping down in one way or the other is going to solve um, issues connected to crime when, you know, you need long-term and near-term solutions. And I, I think it's unfortunate that um, the narrative that, you know, Somehow we can clamp down tomorrow, and that's going to address the systemic issues, the historical legacy of racism. Mm, we are going to see. What about the Zoggle politics that some people say that Paul Vallis has been practicing? Some people say, you know, look, when you say law and order, mm, you know, that is something that that really um, discomfits black voters. Because when you hear law and order, that never bodes well for black and brown people. Uh, what about, uh, I mean, what about those things? Because do you expect, should this be a Paul Vallis, Brandon Johnson, or Paul Vallis, Chewy Garcia, Paul Vallis, uh, Madam Mayor Lori Lightfoot? Do you think that this is a, um, hmm, will race... And some other hot-button issues figure prominently in in this runoff race? You know, that's where Chicago, that's, it always does, right, in every uh, in every uh, election. I will say, though, I think... You know what? Hold on one moment, if you don't mind. We're bringing up Paul Vallis. Stay right here. want to hear, get your feedback on sure. what he has to say. The voters of Chicago for making this campaign about the issues and nothing but the issues. I am running for mayor to bring to the city the type of leadership 
the city needs. But it's not a solo act. In all of my great public service challenges, from budget director under Mayor Daley to running the Chicago Public Schools when Bill Clinton called the schools a model for the nation, to going to Philadelphia, to rebuilding an entire school system in New Orleans after Katrina, to the work that I have done abroad. To the work that I have done abroad in in earthquake-ravaged Haiti and Chile, I've had success because I've always had the good sense to listen to the community, to empower the community, and draw my leadership from the community. Public safety is the fundamental right of every American. It is a civil right. And it is the principal responsibility of government. And we will have a safe Chicago. We will make Chicago the safest city in America. So what do you make of that, everyone? Call us. And, um, well, you know, every time, even when you leave office, you always hold on to the handles. Alderman Pawar, what do you make of he has put crime and um, and safety, but more than that, more than anything, crime at the center of his campaign, at the center of this urban narrative, if you will. I mean, this has been a consistent theme in most all big city races in the last year or so. The thing I will give him credit for that he's done well is moderate over the last four, five, six, seven weeks. Is kind of move more close, more to the left on on issues um, on economic development, and so I think it gives him the air of sort of being a moderate force. Um, but I think you know this this the issue on crime again, whether real or perceived, continues to be an animating force in big city races in the last couple of years, and I hope. I hope um, that over the next five weeks, the conversation is about addressing the root causes of crime. You can't have entire swaths of the city, you know, forced to participate in capitalism without having the access to capital and then not understand that people are going to come up with alternative economies that they're going to turn to other things to put food on the table. Um, So I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, the outcomes are what they are and that there is a vigorous debate about economic and social justice for the next five weeks. (laughs) Well, we are going to have to see because it just, I don't know. I'm just wondering if this, if I hope that this campaign stays elevated, Alderman. I really hope so. I'm just wondering if Mm -hmm. that's going to happen. I, I don't. I, I think it's. I think it's going to be. There's going to be a lot of mudslinging, and um, you know, and don't. And race hopefully doesn't play a major role in it, but I think it likely will, uh, given Chicago's political history. Um, again, I think what I hope happens is that there is a real debate about how we solve 
for inequality and poverty and the, the yawning divides in this city because that is the root cause of all of the most pressing issues we see in the city today, whether it is crime, whether it is um, health outcomes, um, whether you're talking about food deserts or banking deserts, these are all interconnected. And some city, some parts of the city do well, like the part of the city that I live in, part of the city I used to represent. There is no issue with getting access to capital or resources or investment. And then there's that spot to the city where we tinker on the margins with philanthropy and grants and credits. And so um, I hope we force that conversation, you know, with Paul Dallas and whether and most likely Brandon Johnson. Hmm. Before we go, what what do you want us to know? What do you want us to look out for for over the next day, two weeks until April 4th? What what do you expect us as responsible citizens, as engaged citizens? What do you need us to say, do? Please help. I would I, what I would say is, you know, I think there are going to be conversations about who's for police, who's against police, who's for defunding them. And um, and it's going to become about, you know, does someone really care about your safety? And I would just say that as voters, as citizens, we should be forcing them to talk about root causes. Hmm. Let's talk about the root causes of why the city has so many struggles and why so many people are struggling. You know, we should we should get both candidates to talk about their plans for building affordable housing on scale. The fact that, you know, Chicago has access to 20% of the world's fresh water and people are going to move here, but are we going to make sure when people move here because of climate change that the city is equitable? Um, there are lots of big picture questions that we need to force a debate on um, and and not be pulled into the mudslinging. I know that probably sounds naive, um, oh. but, I, but you have to be hopeful. That the, that the conversation is elevated. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, we are going to see what's going to happen because I tell you what, I think between now and April 4th, it is going to be exciting, not exciting, exciting. It's I mean, it's going to be something else. And I hope that you will come back to the show because we'd like to get your, your thoughts going to going toward the election. It's not just enough to have you on election night, but you have a lot to say, and it takes all of the oars in the water to turn this ship around. Everyone, uh, we're so honored that you're with us tonight. Thank you for having me. Blessings to you. Everybody, that wraps it up for me, but I want you to stay right here because we are the station where you will get What's really happening behind that curtain? What's really happening in progressive politics? I'm coming to you from WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station, right here in Chicago. Medallion, me, me and Medallia. Stay right here for Joni Esposito. Back in just a moment. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT Willow Springs, is powered by ComEd. See how ComEd is preparing for a clean energy future at ComEd.com slash clean energy. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Tonight's election coverage on WCPT is sponsored by Fazio Insurance. Fazio Insurance, an independent insurance agency serving residents and businesses in Will and DuPage counties. Since 1953, the Fazio Insurance name has been trusted by the community to offer unparalleled service and competitive quotes to clients throughout the state of Illinois. For more information, contact Paul Fazio at 815-727-2611 or check them out on their website, fazioinsurance.com. 
Thank you for joining us on election night. I am Joan Esposito kicking off our last hour. A special thanks for duty over and above by Santita Jackson, who literally is going to go home, get into bed, and about three hours later, get up and do this all over again. Please join her tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., where she will bring the absolute latest. So here's what we know of the precincts that the Board of Election is recording. 94% of the precincts are in. Uh, Paul Vallis is uh, the runaway winner. Brandon Johnson is going to be his runoff mate opponent. We are going to have a really interesting race shaping up. They couldn't be more different. And the question is, neither one of them tonight got enough votes to put themselves over the top, 50% plus one. So where do they go from here? Whose endorsement can they get? Whose support can they get? Where is the money going to come in? Um, that's going to be, you know, they both have their constituencies who are ardent for them, but they need to reach beyond that to become the next mayor of the city of Chicago. And it's going to be really interesting to see them do that. Um, for a while, it was reported that the number three vote getter, Lori Lightfoot, might might call for a recount if um, for second place. The, with 94% of the precincts in, and of course we still have 100,000 mail-in ballots yet to be counted, she does appear to be within, technically within the 5% margin, and um, she didn't mention anything about that in her concession speech. Uh, it has been reported by some that she is not going to seek a recount. Our own Jerry Riles has been at Lightfoot headquarters all evening. A little while ago, we heard her make a concession speech that was gracious, not her usual combat of self. And she really seemed, I thought, sad and disappointed that she didn't pull this one out. Jerry, what have you seen and what have you heard? Joan, I think that's an understatement. Uh, she was definitely, uh, it appears, uh, devastated and crushed by the outcome of this election. It really, really meant a lot for Lori Lightfoot to be the mayor of, as she stated, the greatest city. Uh, she loved Chicago, and she loved the things that she was putting in place for this city. But unfortunately, the voters didn't uh, side with her vision and her views, and they made a decision at the polls today. Lori Lightfoot, uh, you can tell that she uh, had been crying, and uh, she really uh, took it. It was a tough defeat for her and her, her campaign uh, and her staff and her wife. Um, but she came out graciously and addressed uh, the supporters here at the uh, Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council on Erie and State. And she's still out uh, hugging people, thanking people, shaking hands and embracing them. Um, and not too many people have left the, the, the hall here. Uh, but Lori wanted to let the people know that you know, she loves serving the city, and she knows that it's a great city moving in the right direction. Uh, but unfortunately, she will not get a second term to lead the citizens of the city of Chicago. What um, did do you think that her that this was a surprise? I mean, usually, if you're supporting a candidate. You hold out hope till the last possible minute, especially if you care enough to be with them on election night. At what point do you think the crowd sensed it was over? 
You know, it, it was always some type of uh, uh, speculation, skepticism in the air that, you know, this could go either way because it was so close and so tight. But we heard the optimism coming from the mayor, uh, Lori Lightfoot, saying that, you know, she will prevail. And she, she hit the, the campaign trail and she really blitzed the South Side all day today to get the vote out as best as she possibly could. But, you know, every everyone here and kind of knew, uh, Joan, that it could go either way. And, you know, we see the outcome now. I was a little surprised that uh, Mayor Lightfoot came out as early as she did with her confession speech, but I think she realized that uh, Brandon Johnson had a, a decent amount of lead. And, of course, there are more votes to be counted, but I think she felt and her team felt that, you know, uh, there's no chance of really, you know, closing the gap uh, to, to, to make this a runoff. And so she, uh, along with her wife, uh, came out and addressed everyone. And again, I, I know it was uh, a crushing uh, loss for her and a crushing defeat. And she said, you know, uh, one door closes, another door opens. And uh, you can best believe you're going to hear more from Lori Lightfoot in the future here in the city of Chicago. But um, uh, it was just a really tough, tough uh, atmosphere here based on the fact that it was a close race. And it was a fight to the finish. And uh, congratulations to Mr. Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson to square off for the, uh, the runoff on April 4th. But uh, Lori Lightfoot, um, uh, she's here. And to me, Joan, it seemed like there was a big uh, weight lifted off her shoulders. Um, there's a lot of pressure with, with running the city of Chicago, a great city of Chicago. And, of course, the campaign trail was really uh, pressing and grueling. Uh, but it, when she came out, it looked like there was a, a little sigh of relief uh, in her body language. And, uh, you know, I, I know she had a lot on the, on the table and a lot of things she wanted to accomplish. But maybe, you know, as she stated, another door will open for her to uh, help her make a, a positive impact someplace. Jerry, so there was, was absolutely nothing that you saw or heard to indicate that she was going to continue to fight this, that she was going to ask for a recount. She she didn't say anything to indicate that. She did not indicate anything uh, uh, of that sort. Um, uh, she came out and, and thanked everyone for their support. Um, you know, Congressman Bobby Rush was here, along with some other uh, uh, local folks uh, to support her. And she, 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 she stood up and... And announced, you know, it was a it was a tough loss for her. So she did not, you know, give any hint that she's going to wait till the last vote was counted or she was going to challenge anything. Uh, she conceded, she accepted defeat, and it looks like she's ready to move forward in her life. Well, you know, you said that it, it also seemed to you, despite the fact that she was very, very sad, there was a little bit of maybe relief. And I've talked to a number of candidates and if you're if you're close enough to them to get the truth, most of them, by the time election night rolls around, I've had people say to me, honestly, at this point, I don't care if I win or lose. I just want it to be over because it is uh, it is nonstop. It is just nonstop. It is it is 24 hours a day. It is seven days a week to try to get everywhere you need to go, talk to all the people you need to talk to, raise the money you need to raise. And then, oh, by the way, she had a day job of, you know, actually being the mayor. I imagine that that she's just wiped. 
I can tell you, Joan, um, I, and I heard the interview uh, that you had with the mayor earlier today, and I love the question you asked her about her, her stamina and uh, her voice because she was hitting the campaign trail really, really hard today. Again, spending most of her time on the south side is what I was told by her, her campaign representative. But I got to tell you, the sigh of relief uh, you can see in her body language and now in her, uh, her actions because the mayor and her wife just uh, cleaned a bottle <laughs> a bottle of uh, Modelo beer. So she's actually uh, relaxing and relieved by sharing a beer with her, her beautiful wife. So that gives you an example of uh, the relief that she's feeling now and the stress that's been lifted because she now can unwind and enjoy a nice cold beer uh, after these uh, grueling, grueling and taxing elections. Well, sadly, my friend, you cannot enjoy a nice cold beer because we're on the air until 10 o'clock. So uh, we're counting on you to, to hang in there in case there's any developments we need to uh, go back to you for. OK, Jerry, you got it. And I do I want to say in closing that the mayor, I asked her if she would uh, join you again today, Joan, to, uh, to talk about, uh, you know, the unfortunate uh, loss and defeat. But she said, uh, Jerry, uh, not tonight. Uh, understandably, um, but she is interested and willing to come on tomorrow. Well, that's wonderful news. You uh, you have now you have now earned your producer stripes. Thank you so much, Jerry Riles. Um, we will pursue that and see if we can uh, get her on the books tomorrow. Uh, so, thank you, my friend. I know it's um it's um it's bittersweet to be at a campaign headquarters when the candidate has to concede, but. Um, you know, she uh, she didn't make us all sit around until one in the morning, the way some candidates have done. And uh, we thank her for acknowledging what was happening and being gracious in her concession. And thank you, Jerry, for all the work you're doing out there tonight. And thank you for all the work that you've done in uh, Santita and uh, Patty Vasquez. And an outstanding team by WCPT and all the reporters covering these elections in Chicago. It's a big election. It's a historic election. And uh, uh, you guys have done a tremendous job. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jerry. Um, We are going to switch now. We are going over to the campaign headquarters of the man who is going to be facing Paul Vallis in the runoff election on April 4th, the campaign headquarters of Brandon Johnson, where WCPT's uh, Rich Eberwine, Eberwine is uh, standing by to talk to us. Rich, uh, what is going on at Brandon Johnson's headquarters? Well, Joan, uh, it is a little bit different than uh, Mayor Lightfoot's party out here. There is um, uh, people are partying pretty hard, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm here at uh, Brandon Johnson's watch party on Washington Boulevard in South Austin. And uh, with 91 percent of the results, and it looks like uh, very likely that Brandon Johnson will be advancing to the runoff. And everyone here knows it. Um, uh, and, yeah, there's uh, about a, two hours ago, the mood changed from uh, – cautiously optimistic to genuine excitement and uh music has been turned up and people are dancing as they await uh brandon johnson's arrival any idea when mr johnson is going to make an appearance i have not heard anything from his staff as they've been busy 
piping up the crowd recently. Um, you know, usually the last person you hear from is the the person who's who's run away with it. But we've already we've already heard from Paul Vallis and we've heard right. from the next nearest competitor, Lori Lightfoot. Um, so uh, if uh, Brandon Johnson decides to come and make a speech, make sure you give us a heads up. So you feel like the crowd felt that it was about it was about two hours ago, uh, pretty much uh, as soon as as once the pre once the polls close, it takes about 15 minutes for the computers to record all the early votes and all the mail in ballots that have been received so far. So that's why, like at 715, 720, suddenly there's a big surge in in turnout but what we saw then has been consistent all night long all night long paul vallis led the pack all night long brandon johnson was his number two with uh Lori lightfoot bringing up position number three did you were you have you been able to talk to any of brandon's supporters there what are they saying uh yeah i have there's uh almost everybody i've talked to has said the same thing uh, they have a genuine and passionate belief that Johnson will help low-income neighborhoods. And uh, they like the fact that he's a good communicator and is able to get his message across easily to his supporters. How big is the crowd there? I, I mean, are you talking like 50 people or a couple hundred? There are hundreds of people. <laughs> wow. Uh, there is a lot of people here. Jones. You know, it's been said that Brandon Johnson has a big uh, following among young people. Is this a crowd of mostly young people, or are there any uh, middle-aged and older folks there? There's a healthy mix, but there is a lot more young people than I uh, was anticipating to see, especially looking at the uh, the number, the turnout numbers. Um, not many people if the age 18 to 24 range voted in this election, but there's a lot yeah. of representation of that range here. So that's an interesting thing to see. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry to, to cut you short, Rich, uh, but uh, Cameron Costanzo is out at Willie Wilson's campaign and has Willie Wilson with him now. So uh, thanks for your reporting. We'll try to get back to you, Rich. Thanks for the good work and give us a heads up when Brandon comes out. OK. All right. Thank you, Joan. Let's go now to uh, the Reverend Willie Wilson, who is standing by with Cameron Costanzo from WCPT. Cameron, are you there? Hey, Joan. Yep, hey. I'm here. I'm in the loop with Willie Wilson. Um, I'll turn it right over to him, and I'll let him say some stuff. And, yeah, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Reverend Wilson. Oh, Joan. Hey, Joan. Hey, Joan. How, how are you? How are your spirits tonight? It didn't work out the way you hoped. Well, you know, you're right, but you still know it, it looks good. We uh, got a hundred thousand uh, mail-in ballots, and we'll see how that come out to be. Uh, but it was very nice that people showed up, and uh, we appreciate what they've done. And uh, we still part of the Chicago. We still here, but there's over a hundred thousand mail-in ballots that is out there. We did call and congratulate uh, Paul Paul Ballot. What'd you say to him? We talked to him. Well, we, we, we congratulate him for his win in terms of uh, in, in the runoff. Uh, you know, he had, I believe, it was 180 or 9,000 votes. Yeah, something like that, Paul about. Well, um, um, I, without the 100,000 mail-in ballots, the last tally I got was 164,610 votes 
for Paul Vallis, 34.6% of the vote. 34.6% of the vote. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we did uh, congratulate him and everything. Um, and we uh, wish him the best of the best. Uh, we intend to see him in the runoff. And, but we'll see what happens. We got another two weeks, uh, maybe three weeks. I don't know. However long it takes them to count those ballots, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, if it doesn't work out for you, um, I know that when the last time you ran for mayor, you threw your support behind Lori Lightfoot, and some believe that you were a significant factor in getting her elected. Uh, have you given any thought to who you might support if you are not in the runoff? Uh, not really. I, I didn't. Um, I mean, as I think about it, matter of fact, Paul did. Uh, you know, uh, talk with me, reviewing the congratulations uh, part of it himself. Uh, but no, we 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 haven't given any thought to it. I guess tomorrow we'll take time and see what's what. If I get a good night of rest, you know. Yeah, really. Uh, I don't know how anybody has the stamina to live through a campaign like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, your campaign is hard. It's tough. It's tough on the body, you know? It absolutely, it absolutely is. Do you feel that, that you know, you didn't get your message out, or do you just feel like there was maybe, there were many too many hats in the ring? Well, you had a lot of hats in the ring uh, out there. And uh, so, but, it's, you know, it's fair. It's fair. Everybody should have a right to be able to run, uh, whoever wants to run. I think there was a nine, uh, nine African American, nine African American race, something like that, right? But yeah, there was a lot of people in the race. So, but but you know, I always enjoy what I do, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, so so, uh, but but we you know we, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think we was up to about forty some thousand vote. I think it was so far, you know. Yes, I've got that uh, total right here. Um, just shy of forty-four thousand. Uh, forty-four thousand. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's still saying a lot. Another base, and uh, uh, we got a lot to say. So in terms of uh, Chicago, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we appreciate the um, people of Chicago uh, supporting us. The big thing I really uh, really appreciate is that we're able to reach outside of our base. Yeah. And then help trying to bring some people together and. And hopefully that uh, that would do some good. And we're going to keep those relationships as well. Yeah. And, I mean, you got the endorsement of uh, Alderman Ray Lopez, who could have given that endorsement once he pulled out of the race to anybody. <clears throat> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we had the Polish America. We had the Italian America, Italian people of uh, government. And you had the Filipina. You had the uh, Latina community as well, besides uh, Ray Lopez. And and so that was uh that was uh very good, yeah. To take them do. We Romanian as well, you know. Mhm. So you're gonna just uh take tomorrow off maybe and put your feet up? Oh, absolutely right. I'm gonna take tomorrow off. <laughs> I have no intention tomorrow of being involved in politics tomorrow. <laughs> just give me one good night of rest, all right? <laughs> okay. Okay, we'll give you one good night of rest, and then we'll start bugging you to come back on the show, okay? Yeah, we'll be glad to. No problem at all. Well, uh, Reverend Dr. Willie Wilson, thank you so much for spending some of this night with us. I know it didn't turn out quite the way you hoped, but uh, appreciate everything that you have done. 
in your in your efforts to be the next mayor. Thanks for, and thanks for joining us so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay. Good night. Good night. Good night. Um, and thank Cameron, too. Um, we're going to now switch over. We have a few minutes left before I uh, pass the baton to Patty Vasquez. Let's go to Jesus Chuy Garcia's campaign headquarters. WCPT's Steve Lessman has been hanging out there tonight. Steve, um, have most of the people left for the night or you still got a good crowd there? Oh, Steve, we, we lost him. Okay, um, we had uh, we lost uh, Steve on the phone lines. Lady B's calling him right back. Um, you know, maybe I should just wrap this up and and put a, a a bow tie on on Steve and present him to Patty Vasquez as her as her first guest. So um, let me just in the couple minutes I have left do a little bit of a of a recap. As the Board of Elections told us at the beginning of the night, there are still roughly a hundred thousand mail in ballots that they know the Board of Elections know they sent out. <laughs> And, um, you know, it's going to be probably at least two weeks before the election is certified. Does that mean that we don't know where we are? No, we know that Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson are facing off against one another. Um, but there are still votes to be counted. And the Board of Elections doesn't sign off on an election until every ballot is counted. But with 94, little over 94 percent of the precincts, Reporting in Chicago, Paul Vallis is clearly the front runner. He has 164,610 votes. Brandon Johnson, clearly the number two vote getter, 96,260 votes. Lori Lightfoot fell short. She was in the third position, but compared to Brandon Johnson's 96,000, she was a hair under a 79. And then Jesus Chuy Garcia was in fourth place with 65,000, almost 66,000 votes. Willie Wilson came in at about 44,000 votes. And uh, the rest of the crowd, uh, pretty small, pretty small numbers. 2% for Jamal Green, a little over 1% for Sophia King, just under 2% for Cam Buckner and about a half a percent for Rod Sawyer. Sophia King and Rod Sawyer, of course, both vacating their seats in the Chicago City Council to be able to run in this mayoral election. No word on what their next steps are. Cam Buckner is a state rep. He did not have to leave that position to run for mayor. So he is going to continue on down in Springfield. Lori Lightfoot says that she thinks something great is going to happen. I have no doubt she is right. It just won't be being the mayor of the city of Chicago. That's going to wrap it up for me. Uh, I almost said driving it home. <laughs> driving us crazy. I don't know. It's, uh, it's late. Wrapping it up with Patty Vasquez. We'll be here right after we take a break. Now you know. There are so many people who are responsible for this moment, and I thank you all. Of course, I want to thank the author and the finisher of my faith. That is my God. Because you all know the fifth floor is going to be real saved. 
and sanctified. <laughs> and of course, I want to thank my family. I'm not here without them. Especially to my wife. Let me just go ahead and get this out the way. My wife of 25 years come June. Chicago, a black woman will still be in charge. <laughs> of course, to the workers of this city, S-E-I-U-A-T-I-I, SCIU 73, the Chicago Teachers Union, Cook County Colleges Teachers Union, the IFT, the AFT, and the baddest independent political organization, the United Working Families. There are so many elected officials here and leaders from across the city Thank you all. Thank you so much. We have shifted the political dynamics in this city. We are, uh, of course, staying in tune to what is going on. That was uh, Brandon Johnson speaking earlier. Of course, uh, Lori Lightfoot gave her concession speech. Uh, we have, I'm sorry, we have uh, Steve Lester on the line from Brandon Johnson's... Lessman. Lessman. I'm, there's so many... Th- oh, Steve Lessman. Hey, Steve. Can you hear me? <laughs> Hi, Steve. Yeah, tell, hey, us, tell you? us where you are and what's going on there. We're, we're at Chewy Garcia's uh, headquarters or party, and he's actually on the stage right now speaking. He's got a quite a quite a contingent behind him. Pat Quinn is up there. I know he spoke to you earlier tonight. Uh, Alderman Rodriguez from the 22nd is on the stage with him, and and the newly elected J. Lou Gutierrez is up there. And and, and really, this is um, not a real upset crowd. I mean. They're excited about Halu Garcia's and mm-hmm. Mark Rodriguez, and and it's a party. I mean, there's fans playing loudly. You can't hear them now because Chewie's talking. But it's uh, it's been a real nice gathering, and you'd never know if he just walked in that he came in fourth place in the mayoral race. And they're thanking him for what he's done for the last thirty years in office and what he's done in the community and how he's helped get. Uh, young people elected to office, and uh, they're they're thanking him for all he's done in the community. I'm here at Tilson in the in Cermak, the, the center of uh, Tilson, and the the workers are all here. They're being fed very well, and they're and they're drinking well, and uh, and and Chewy is uh, speaking right now and he's sharing quite a few words with his with his group. It, look, it is a celebration of uh, the career that he has obviously made and, and the work that he's done in the city of Chicago. And there's every reason to you celebrate when you take on the challenge of wanting to lead your city. And uh, and I think that that's remarkable. Uh, thank you. Steve, what, what what have you heard from the folks in the crowd? Are they uh, are they feeling the same? You, you're saying they're, they're, they're celebrating him? Oh, I guess he's going to speak. You go listen to his speech, Steve. We're so grateful. How, how was your day? We, are you exhausted now from every, all the uh, excitement? All the, the it's been fun. It's been, it's been very fun here, and uh, and and he's done. Uh, it, it's just a 
it's a it's a real nice gathering of people, and again, they they are very res- respectful for him and appreciate him. And uh, again, it's not that he lost; it's just that he wants to keep his group together and, and work hard together. And, and they really, really supported Hey Lucas Tears when she walked in. The place went crazy. It was a major celebration for her. And there's so many campaigns that Chewy helped uplift as well. So it's, uh, again, a remarkable evening for everyone. It's a historical evening. It, it's, can you come on the microphone? Yeah, <laughs> it's a Let's get yeah, here. But you know what? I will say this. Chewy Garcia and people, I think because we were so excited about this this rich field that we've had. I don't want anyone to forget Chewy Garcia's role in building the Black-Brown Coalition and building progressive politics in this city. I met Chewy Garcia because I'm much older than you. I met him um, during the Harold Washington campaign. I'd heard yes. him before, but I, but I met him then. And, of course, he came aboard the Jackson campaign, the presidential campaigns. These are iconic campaigns yes. in hindsight. But in real time, when you decided to support Harold Washington, you were signing your death certificate in politics. When you supported Jesse Jackson, his presidential run, all of our people went up before the, our top people went up before the IRS in eight, after the 84 campaign. And we lost our, uh, our, uh, campaign manager. He had a big business, black businessman in, in Cleveland, Ohio, Arnold Pinckney. He said, I can't afford to be with you all because these folks came in on me. That's what happened to people. Yeah. So Chewy Garcia, he's that guy. Yeah. And we should never, ever forget. He's weathered all of that. that. Not only weathered, that he's been willing to mm-hmm. put things on, put his whole life and career on the line to make Chicago and this country a better place. And we owe him a tremendous debt of gratitude for all that he's done against tremendous odds and opposition. And so I just want, in this, in this moment of celebration that we have, I just don't want anyone to forget that. I would say that to people. I didn't put my thumb on the scales about, because as host, I don't think we should do that. I think at the end of the day, what I have to do, I want to my audience to give them a platform, even people who, don't, who are not progressive. The airwaves technically are free and open, and I'm going to live up to that obligation. But I want people to know who Chewy Garcia is, because everybody loves Harold today. People loathed him. Remember, Bernard Epton was in the psychiatric ward the night that he almost became mayor. And that is not funny because there's nothing funny about mental illness. I deal with it in my family, my brother, Congressman Jackson, bipolar. I get it. But this man was a paranoid schizophrenic. He was sick. He almost became mayor because of the depth of racism in the city. Yep. And Chewy Garcia stood, and Luis Gutierrez stood with Harold Washington and Jesse Jackson and Coco, the West Side Organization, Nancy Jefferson and, and Bob Lucas and all this ragtag group. That's what he did. So I don't want people to ever forget that about Chewy Garcia. And the work that he continues to do. The work that he conti- he's doing it in Congress. And then he brought along Brandon Johnson. Yep. I mean, so, I mean, let's, let's celebrate that. Tonight. Absolutely. Let's celebrate yep. that tonight. And, um, 
And then we have work to do. So much going work to April fourth, <laughs> and I'm going to leave it at that. Have a good evening, Santita Jackson. It's been a long I day. Did, I did about to fall out, but I just had to say that <laughs> to the great Patty Vasquez. And thank you. Well, thank I'm so you. I'm so proud of you and so excited for you. And now um, I've got to be up at two a.m. Oh, go go because I'm okay. Because Bedell used to do that with me. She left me. <laughs> she left you. <laughs> thank you so much, my love. Thank you, Santita Jackson. Thank you. And I aspire to be as magnanimous and as uh, as eloquent. And, gr- and just glorious in, uh, in in talking about people's careers and the work that's ahead of us. Uh, Steve, go enjoy your evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Steve Lessman at the Chewy Garcia Campaign Headquarters. On the line with us right now is also the cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune, who now uh, is probably drawing new cartoons. Uh, yep. <laughs> of uh, potential of the next potential mayor of Chicago. Uh, and I was telling this story earlier about how Lori Lightfoot, when she won, requested that uh, cartoon that you had made of her. Uh, Taking the plug out of yeah. the wall, uh, uh, taking the power out of the machine, and here we are. What, do you, what are your thoughts as we hear her concession speech? And uh, we are now looking at a runoff between Paul Vallis and uh, Brandon Johnson. Wow. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say other than wow. Um, uh, you and I actually exchanged messages earlier in the day. And we made our predictions, and you and I had the same prediction, and it just shows how smart we are. Because we both predicted this outcome tonight, um, it's it's mind-boggling. That divides us. I have no choice but to believe that Chicago, the windy city, the city that embraced me like so many others, is also a city where we have more in common than divides us. And and while the last. And while the last three months have been hard, I see people in this room who are ready to do what they've always done. Just keep going. Because I know that every setback produces a step forward. And progress we have made. Tonight, we celebrate our movement. And here are some of the victories. In the 12th Ward, we have a new alder person in Julia Ramirez. In the 14th, we have the first Latina. The first Latina, the first Mexicana, the first Jalisciense immigrant. Bilingual representative in the city council, Helu Gutierrez. In the in the 22nd ward, continuing the great tradition established by Rudy Lozano, we've reelected with whopping margins. Alderman, alder person Mike Rodriguez. Oh, yes. And in the 30th ward, Jessica Gutierrez may win it tonight or go on to a runoff, but she will be the next alder person of the 30th ward. Woo! 
in the 31st ward, Felix Cardona has been re-elected. In the 36th ward, Gil Villegas is on his way to a victory. And last but not least, our brother Andre Vasquez will got re-elected to a four-year term in the 40th ward. And together... All right. That's our uh, Chewy Garcia, Congressman Chewy Garcia, in his speech, championing all the races that he was also, as he, as Santita Jackson was mentioning, in his uh, mission to uh, become the next mayor of Chicago. He also was uplifting a lot of races throughout the Chicagoland area. Uh, joining us on the line is Scott Santos. I know we're, we're also going to check in with someone from the Paul Vallis campaign. Are they on the line now, Scott? Uh, you can ask, if you want to ask a question because I know I've had you on hold here. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome to ask our friend George Bliss, who is at the Paul Vallis uh, campaign headquarters as they celebrate tonight's uh, activities. Uh, George, are you there? I sure am, Patty. And again, we're at a beautiful place. We're at 839 West Kinsey. And uh, Paul is being crushed by all the major TV stations. Sure. I'm I'm trying to grab him. I'm in the room with him right now. Campaign manager standing right next to me. We're moving downstairs. It's so unbelievably hot in this room. I imagine. (laughs) uh, I'll try to get... Yeah, I'll try to get Paul Schroeder. Did you say you had Scott on the phone? Scott Santos joins us as well. Scott, this is uh, George Bliss. Hey. Go ahead. Are you? Hey, George. My guys, great cartoonist, Scott. My oh, man, thank my you. Man from Alabama, right? Alabama. Absolutely, yes, sir. And I'm going to have to learn to draw your uh, your, your 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 guy. This is I've, I don't know that I've drawn uh, Paul Vallis more than a couple times when he was running for lieutenant governor and passed that. Um, uh, we've always respected him on the editorial board there at the Chicago Tribune. So congratulations sure. on a spectacular night. Well, Scott, this is uh, amazing that we picked up with each other tonight. And Patty knows us well. We talk all the time. Uh, 21 years ago, Paul ran for governor against a man named Blagojevich and took a close second place, Patty. Can you believe it? It's been 21 years. Wow. And now we are wow. 20 years later, and now he has won the mayoral thing, of course, in 2019, we all know well that WCBT covered it with Santita and Joan when Lori Lightfoot came from uh, a background of lawyering and she won well. I want to say one thing about Mayor Lightfoot. My son is a young lawyer, and many young lawyers admire Mayor Lightfoot. She is, by any stretch, a brilliant attorney. When she was at the U.S. Attorney's Office, Patty and Scott, she was probably the best one they had there. She popped out the politics, she went to COPA, and now, of course, she became mayor. But I, I'm pretty sure, Patty and Scott, that some major entity will pick up Mayor Lightfoot, and I would not be surprised if her national position of some high ranking would be there. I'm not even sure she wouldn't go back to the U.S. Attorney's Office. So I, I think she's just a wonderful attorney. I've always admired her. And uh, kind of sad tonight that she didn't finish where she wanted I agree. And I think that, uh, I don't know, Scott, did you get a chance to watch her concession speech? Yeah, I, I listened yes. to it, yes. Yes. It was, it was it, you know, it is remarkable that it's she's the first mayor to not win re-election. Second, uh, second woman. She's the second woman of uh, woman, woman to hold the office of mayor for Chicago. Yeah. And the first time Jane Byrne was the last one that was unable to be successful in their pursuit of re-election. Yeah, what was that, 38 years ago, Patty and Scott, something like that? Yep. Yeah, that's, yeah. Two, that's two generations. My Lord, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. What what so, uh, what uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the energy? Of the, I mean, like, people just must be absolutely uh, over the moon at the at the Vallis headquarters. Yeah, the smiles were end-to-end here, and uh, 
again, no secret, many people have FOP were here, many retired police officers from the ranks, and they were smiling. And uh, there were even some people from SEIU. There was a lot of people here from the elevator union. So the unions kind of came out tonight. Surprising fashion, it was a, a, a good contingency of a pretty good union. So you're going to see what's going to happen. Everybody knows it's going to be Brandon against Paul and union versus union. I mean, that's where it's going to go. Let's see what happens there. That should be interesting. What are your thoughts on that, uh, Scott, as far as union versus union, CTU versus S- uh, the FOP? Yeah, of course. Well, the, I mean, the, both po- all of them are powerful. All of them have money and people and machines that can, you know, so it's going to be a fascinating race. I think um, uh, Paul Vallis be on top of this, coming out on top tonight, uh, obviously goes into a runoff with, with incredible momentum. But I think Brandon yes. Johnson, uh, Brandon Johnson's got something going on, too. It's going to be an interesting, interesting few weeks. It really is. Uh, George, uh, Scott was about to tell us uh, when we started talking a little bit, we were interrupted by uh, other speeches around the city, of course. Scott uh, touched base with me earlier today to ask me what my, what my prediction was. And uh, Scott, what was my prediction today? I would say it uh, it was Vallis and Johnson, and I actually said that's that's that exactly was... what I thought it was going to be too. <laughs> so I guess, which is scary that you and I that I actually picked one right because that doesn't happen Stop. well ever. <laughs> I was out uh, I was out campaigning for a, a local uh, office. Of one of my friends was running, and I, I felt the momentum for Vallis in my neighborhood. Uh, that was something that was very significant. A lot of energy. Uh, there was one woman who was like she was yelling at driving at cars driving by. Paul will save us all. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> hey, Patty, I wanted to ask you something. I hadn't been able to talk to you, but the whole story about uh, our friend Susie Mendoza's brother. Yes. That was impactful. Do you not think that that made a major difference in the last 48 hours? That was a big one, don't you think? I think that, uh, and look, I was with uh, my boss, uh, Susanna Mendoza, the control- controller of the state yeah. of Illinois. Uh, the day yeah. that she found out, wh- that story that she told yesterday on Jones' show, I was with her at that event, right. the ASEA event. And I can tell you that she was working very hard to be measured, to try to get through the evening without uh, without getting emotional. And, uh, and it was... Uh, you know, she has it wasn't strategic. It was entirely the way everything unfolded. Uh, but the timing of it, I, I think, uh, has maybe hasn't had an impact for people to go. She told her story yesterday. If folks haven't heard it. She told Joan everything, how it unfolded. And I think that uh, it's it, it, it certainly um, might have uh, swayed some folks uh, in regards to how uh, Mayor Lightfoot uh, approaches first responders. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't doubt that that's uh, something that might have influenced some folks. And included in that, Patty, I sat tonight in the big crowd, and coincidentally, I sat next to the new commander of the 18th district. And again, for our listeners, maybe out of town, this is the gentleman that replaced Commander Bauer. Oh, I mean, that was another shaking thing. And of course, I fortunately was lucky enough to get to know the Bauer family, and. Uh, just, you know, there's a lot of emotion out there. Uh, Patty, this whole thing, uh, the 
teachers versus the policemen. I just don't like to say that. Yeah, let's not. It is is kind of divide, is it not? It's kind of a divide. Well, I I hope that folks who look at this race uh, consider their own what they what they want to see in a leader. And I know that that will, you know, whether it's the manpower or the money, uh, that will certainly play a a large role. But, uh, you know, the direction of where the city should go, I think that Vallis and uh, I think that Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson have very distinct uh, platforms and policy and visions for the city of Chicago, and people need to take a look at that. That's exactly right. And yep. uh, it's going to start tomorrow at 7 in the morning. Paul's already scheduled. I, I saw it scheduled people saying they're going to do, do this, this, and this. And it's not going to stop until the final. final oh, yeah. There's, there's, no, there's five minutes of celebration and uh, <laughs> uh, another, what, six weeks of work. So yeah, go enjoy your evening, George. Yeah, it's gonna be a long. It, I will, Patty. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be long but fast. That's all I know. Scotty, thank you. God bless everybody. We'll see you soon. We'll Thanks, talk to you George. soon, Take George. Care. Thank you so much. Congratulations. So uh, Scott, watching this from uh, from afar, uh, how do you? Uh, how, <laughs> it's you know, yeah. I mean, like really, I mean, I guess that, that is a, a way to look at it. Is uh, you know the law and order? I think it's more law. It's not yeah. necessarily it's law and order, and it is you know I guess some people call it restorative justice, right? When it comes to our communities, you know, Brandon Johnson taught, has talked a lot about how we need to invest in in mental health support for all communities, how we need to invest in education, and uh, I know I just <laughs> You guys can't see Scott on my Zoom screen, but uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, going, yeah. I mean, yes. Um, you know, law and order. Let's get more cops out there. Sounds great. It doesn't always work the way you're supposed to. And frankly, the community and the police force have a lot of um, a lot of work to do together. And uh, I, I, Patty, I'm looking. To, I'm looking at the numbers. I'm trying to break down the wards mm-hmm. and everything. I, and I'm looking at this. Uh, Paul Vallis got what he's going to get. Um, what? The votes that were cast tonight, what votes go towards Vallis, what votes go towards Johnson? I think Johnson has a hell of a chance. I, look, I, I'm look I, the other thing to consider, and this is, I'm messaging with a friend of mine as well, is that not only uh, does Johnson have a significant chance. I mean, you know, I don't know if Vallis has all the votes. I think that he also gets some of the, the Willie Wilson votes, don't you think? I think that that's, that might play a role as Vallis? well. Yeah, Vallis gets some of the yeah, Willie Wilson yes. votes, right? Yeah. So that brings him to about you know forty three percent there, uh, and then Lori Lightfoot. I think yeah. I mean, it's hard to say, but I will say uh, on the ground, having uh, been out campaigning for candidates locally, I do think that Vallis. Uh, lifted other law and order candidates and not just because like in my neighborhood I think that if they were going to vote for Vallis they were going to vote for other law and order candidates I also think that people were motivated to go out if they were Vallis voters they were they were ready to go whereas I think there might have been some folks who were like well I'll see how it turns out in the runoff so hopefully that you know hopefully we'll see more people show up and have their voices heard regardless of who they vote for. Well, it is kind of a disgrace. The turnout, as what, the last I heard, was twenty percent, twenty five percent. Do you have a number there, Patty? I don't have a. Do you, I don't know if I have a number on the turnout. I know that earlier I saw reports that per hour it was six to eight thousand votes voters less than in twenty nineteen for day of election. That I don't know what the number then turns out to be when it comes to early votes, mail in ballots, and things like that as well. Uh, but I haven't gotten the number on turnout for this evening. Uh, Mayoral, let's see. I'm, and I'm quickly. I'm quickly. Googling. It's Googling with Patty Vasquez during the election results. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. It's more interesting. Well, and look, and again, 
then in my community, <laughs> I was I was message I was mentioning this earlier. I live in an area that is a transit of uh, first responders. We have uh, in the forty first, we have a former uh, firefighter and police officer who won seventy six percent of the vote. Uh, we have a, uh, Alderman Spasado, who lives in the 38th. Who uh, he's been a leader there for a while. He's also he got about 56 percent of the vote. And in my neighborhood, it seems as though in the 45th ward, it looks as though Jim Gardner is uh, very close to. Uh, I don't know if he's going to beat a runoff or not, but he's he's hovering right above it. What are you seeing? Well, I'm I'm looking at the numbers right now for for the uh, 45th ward, and uh, Gardner, who is not a good person, uh, should not be. A um, uh, should not be an alderman. Period uh, is not is going to be in a runoff with Megan, Megan Mathias. Okay, is that the person you worked for? I can't remember. Um, but uh, would- yeah, so th- there will be a runoff in that race, and I, I I hope to God that the the 45th ward comes to its senses and and boots uh, alderman gardener out and um anyway that's see i can have an opinion that's my job <laughs> you see, it's my job description i, I both am a radio host i'm trying to uh bask in the glory of the words that, that Santita jackson was using and that uh, i'm not i don't want to put my thumb on the scale uh, i live in this co- and in addition i live in this community uh folks know where my heart is uh but according to uh, after record setting early voting and mail in balloting chicago election officials say that the turnout for 2023 municipal elections may still be lower than expected with one official calling this turnout thus far quite shocking so this is disgusting that is a disgrace i am anyone who's listening right now who did not vote shame on you shame on you that's all i can say Oh, that's that's some some harsh words from Scott Stantis. I, I don't. I, I would think that folks who are listening to WCPT uh, either don't live in the Chicagoland area or they most likely voted. So we have to get to yes. the rest of the people. Everybody else, go to your neighbor's house. Everyone right now listening, go to the house of the left of you and to the house of the right of you and say, "Did you vote?" April fourth is your next shot at this. And it's important. It's so important. It really is. So the uh, and then we have these police board elections too. Will be interesting to see how these end up as well because this was a new um, option for people to vote for. Why are you laughing at the police board? Okay, I'm I'm, I'm, okay. Uh, The 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 Chicago Tribune. Mm -hmm. uh, God love them. I said, you know, go out there and vote for this. This is a whole new thing. We're not going to tell you who. We're not going to give you any recommendations. But by gum, go out and vote for somebody. (laughs) And that was the thing. I I was surprised. In my neighborhood, it looks as though the people that spent the most amount of money are not going to be successful in their run. They got lawn signs for a job that pays $500 a month. Yeah, just, all, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They got, all, they got lawn signs. They got mailers. Uh, yeah. And there's one candidate who probably is not going to like me for the rest of his life. And I'm just going to say the feeling is mutual. But I, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Let's let's uh, let's round this out. We have a couple minutes left. So April 4th is going to be Vallis, Paul Vallis. And uh, and I, I it's so funny because I don't think of it. I guess I don't necessarily think of it in the idea as uh, George Bliss just mentioned FOP versus CTU. Um, but is that is that something that would be how it shaped it shaped in your mind? I I, do, I think this is progressive against conservative. I think this is law and order versus a progressive agenda. I think this is a clear cut uh, choice 
And I think they're both good people. They both would be good mayors. Where do you want the city to go? Mm -hmm. And how do you want it to get there? Um, Paul Vallis has said and done some things this campaign that have surprised me, um, make me a little suspicious of who's behind his campaign. I think Brandon Johnson is a fresh face. And frankly, we kind of need that in Chicago. Wow. And uh, the uh, opinions of Scott Sanders probably don't reflect those of the Chicago Tribune, uh, considering that they endorsed (laughs) Paul Vallis in this field of they did and i can be comfortable with that i mean Mm -hmm. i can't i'm not totally uncomfortable again i mean you and i have talked about it we've tiptoed around it i i think some investigation has to be made as to who is behind the vallis campaign uh there are some things uh uh, you know retweeting some of the retweets that happened over the last week uh make me very uh suspicious of uh, exactly who's behind this campaign Agreed. So one of the things I've been talking about in these last few seconds, uh, oh, I'd have hardly any seconds, is as to your point about the low voter turnout. Love the analogy that Hal Sparks has about this is voting is tending the garden, going out, taking a look at what you know what's what's growing, what's thriving, pulling the weeds, what needs water, and it's not just the voting; it's also holding your electeds accountable. Not just get mad and, and hold your fist and scream into the wind. It is uh, making sure that what you've elected someone to do that they are holding. True to that and not waiting for elections, uh, calling, showing up at, at neighborhood meetings, going to city hall, writing letters, whatever it is, mo- mobilize before things get worse. Don't wait for elections. But when the elections do come around, show up. What are your last thoughts, Scott, before we leave? Well, I'm going to reiterate what you said earlier. As much as I berate, as much as I make fun of, as much as I draw them funny, uh, people who run for public office are heroes. I'm sorry. Anyone, anyone, Anyone who puts themselves out there for public office deserves our respect. Well, I'll go put my cape on and uh, <laughs> talk to you later. That's Scott Stantis. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Stantis. Follow his work of uh, the Chicago Tribune, Dallas Morning News. And you can find him at GoComics.com as well as Center Clip. Thank you so much, Scott. I'll talk to you again soon. Night. Good night, everybody. It was an amazing evening to spend with Lady B running the board, Matt Cummings, Andy, everyone behind the scenes that helped us out, all of our people in, in the field at campaign headquarters. I know I'm late. Uh, and uh, as always, an honor to work with Jonas Pazito and Cynthia Jackson. And uh, so thrilled to spend the evening with you all. Be well.